My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it is 111 today, or 111. And this is the WWE Network Review for July. Dan, how's things? Grand. Yes, uh, you're doing well now, aren't you? I mean, the last time we, we checked up on you, we did the Dan update, the Dan debate. Yeah. Uh, things weren't going great, but things have picked up recently, haven't they? Uh, yeah, you know, I've started a new job with a new firm. Things are going well with that. And, uh, yes, I just need some sex and it'll be great. Well, I can't promise anything yet done the podcast, mate, all right? But first off, let's start off with a 205 Live catch-up. And the first episode, we're going to watch is episode 30, which is the 20th of June, 2017. And how did we start off, Dan? Uh, Well, we started off uh, backstage with Akira Tozawa and Rich Swan. Rich Swan. With Swan talking about his opportunity against Cruiserweight champion Neville in tonight's main event. Titus O'Neil shows up and wants to recruit Swan to be part of the title with the stipulation that he has to fix his hair so he doesn't look like The weekend. Uh, who are The weekend? No, it's just a solo singer, Dan. He's just... Yes, uh, Rich opts out and Titus continues his push on Tozawa, offering a contract to join the brand and even sweetens the deal by offering a towel merchandising perk. Akira isn't interested and Titus says he's going to give him some time to think about it. So yeah, we move on to our first match, and it's been so long since we've seen him in singles action, I think we're going to just enjoy from the start here. It is Jack Gallagher versus Tony Nese, but a little bit of setup for this, Dan? Uh, as the two stars make their way to the ring, they roll footage of last week's show, with Nice verbally attacking Austin Aries after A-Double had announced he'd be taking some time off to figure things out, and Jack Gallagher comes to his aid. Yeah, so Jackie Boy is uh, friends... With double A, and he's going to try and defend his uh, no, friends. A double, A double, double A's. Oh, <laughs> double friendship by uh, defending his friendship here against Nice, and look at that Irish whip to the turnbuckle. Jack Gallagher bringing his foot down to defend his position. Oh, Tony Nice charging him still though, and gets double foot stomp to the chest. I don't think there is a wrestler in WWE I am more excited to watch than Jack Gallagher at this moment in time, and. <laughs> That is a real old school manoeuvre as well. Oh, and he rolled Nice over. I don't think Nice knows what he's doing. Oh, that changes things, doesn't it? The power of Nice. Mm. Oh, look, Austin Aries backstage eating a banana. watching he's holding his banana. He is holding his banana watching Jack's match versus Tony Nice. And we like Tony Nice here, don't we? I mean, what's his catchphrase? He looks like a heavyweight, but wrestles like a cruiserweight. He is the premier athlete, Tony Nice. And he's premier in right now as he takes Jack Gallagher down. It's because Jack's not wearing his rainbow-coloured trunks. Oh, yeah, it's with different ones. Oh, you get his in the back of the head. Can you believe, Dad, it's over a year now since uh, CWC was on? Hey, isn't that crazy? I don't bloody believe I it. I don't. The first time we did see Jack Gallagher in action was then. The same with Tony Nice. 
then. Wouldn't it be cool if someone predicted who'd won that, though? That'd it would be, awesome. be. But you're a dreamer, Dan. Now, niche. How is Ho-Ho Lun and Zack Sabre Jr. doing? Well, weirdly enough, we will see Ho-Ho Lun on NXT Update <laughs> later, Dan. And Noam Dar, of course. I'm not going to spoiler alert, but he might be next. And what the hell is Gulak doing? Well, he's got Jack hung upside down in a tree of woe, and it looks like he's laying on his back and pedalling a bicycle whilst kicking Jack Gallagher to the chest. And you can see the red marks on the pale skin. Jack Gallagher with a knee in control now with a knee. <laughs> with a knee. <niece. laughs> can he get him down? No. Jack Gallagher managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Oh, look at the power of Tony Nice, one-armed. Oh, but Jack managing to slide down the back. And delivers a couple of thunderous knees to the midsection. Oh. Follows up by a big elbow. And a lovely drop kick there. Yeah, right on the button and now... Yeah. Gallagher's trying to capitalise on this. Beautiful butterfly suplex goes in for the pin, but only gets the two. Two. Then Aries talking to the TV screen. While waving his banana about. Mm-hmm. Hey, lovely move by Jack, though. Oh, <laughs> and a headbutt to the big chest of Nice. Well, that headbutt, we've said it before, I'm going to say it again, it will change things in a match drastically in Jack Gallagher's favour. Oh, yeah. most definitely said that before. Oh. You see a replay, but I thought Nice just caught Jack with a kick. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, don't get hit by Nice's kick, so I'm going to leave it. Oh! Oh, Nice springboards over the top, and uh, well, bats over the top rope, springboards his way, but... Misses Jack Gallagher. Goes flying into the ring post there, shoulder first, and now he's going to position for Jack. He's calling the referee over, saying he's uh, badly injured his shoulder. Oh, come on. Show no mercy. We know Jack's one look gentle. Well, we know Jack's a gentleman. But we know what Nice is like. He's a devilish heel. Oh, no. Oh. oh rolls up Jack into the turnbuckle. From behind, and oh. oh running Nice. And he's got Jack. One, two. What oh. a twat. <laughs> Tony Nees beats Jack Gallagher. And I don't think the shoulder was really hurt. Dan, what did you think of the match? I thought it was quite a good match, actually, between the two. Very fast-paced. Um, you know, Nice starting to show his heelish ways. And he's, I think he's quite a good good wrestler. Yeah, no, I, I, I am... I am a big fan of Tony Nice, and I will watch Tony Nice versus Jack Gallagher all day long as well because uh, I think it's quite a good matchup. They're both different, but still fall into the cruiserweight range, which makes this show so good. And backstage, we see no. Well, Dan, backstage, who's there? No, I'm done. Yeah, once again with his girlfriend, Alicia Fox, on Facetime. Somehow she's even more annoying via mobile device than she is in person with these sketches. Oh, that's not very nice. Cedric Alexander shows up and says he's sick and tired of having to tell the couple that he's done with them every week, but they won't stay out of his business. Fox is ranting and raving over speakerphone and Dar tells him to quit 205 Live and never come back. Then makes a joke about Cedric having to fish his bags out of the river. Alexander is confused and walks off screen and then comes back with his bag and asked Dar if it, if that's the one he threw into the river. He walks out arguing with Alicia, Alicia Fox about mixing up their bags, 
when Davari walked in looking for his $15,000 bag that was given to him by his father. <laughs> oh, I wonder what happened to that then. We've seen a couple of skits with Davari involved, haven't we? He's bagged now. He got the powder in the face last month. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, are you excited for the Dar Alexander feud that just keeps going? Uh, I'll be excited for it to end. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, another feud that keeps going, or just started from different points of view, is Drew Gulak versus Mustafa Ali. That's the next match we're going to watch. The whole no-fly zone gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, before the match, Gulak does attempt us to... Uh, Ali, tried to convince Ali to join his no-fly zone and has a stipulation to the match where they can't do high-flying manoeuvres. Well, the crowd certainly aren't behind it and nor's Ali. Mm. He starts off with a running drop kick. And the drop kick's out and I think there'll be no-fly zone. Oh! oh Cork screws his way over the top rope to take out Gulak. Well, there's a flying manoeuvre there. Yep. The match hasn't even started yet. And Ali is annoyed. I mean, Gulak is all up in his business, Dan, isn't he, you know? Yes. And he calls he's a fan of uh, his Randy Orton's friend, his wrestling friend. He likes a no-fly zone. And Gulak, he is a good wrestler, though, to be fair to him. The technical side that we don't see a lot. And uh, that's why he's trying to get the no-fly zone in. But Ali's just fantastic to watch. Springboard crossbody can't keep Gulak down. Kick out. Uh. His front face up, but Gulak's got power. Lifts up Ali, perches him on the top rope, and then pushes him over. And he made Ali fly. He did. I think Ali's hurt his forearm there as well. Well, he did land on them wafer fin mats. Now Gulak working over Ali on the outside. Gives him a couple of stiff forearms and then throws him back into the ring. I think Gulak's smirking, Dan. No, he's just got a grin on his face. Actually looks like a miserable cunt. He does now. I think he was smirking on the outside of the ring and because inside of the ring's a no-smirking zone. <laughs> so I think he was all right. <laughs> now he's got Ali in the armbar. I'm trying to get that inverted Kimura locked in there and Ali's trying to fight it but not make, making sure his body weight is not taken down by Drew. <laughs> Slamming Ali to the mat, going for the cover, but only getting a two count. Two! But he's working on the arm, he's keeping hold of it, and now he's smirking in the ring. No, he's just got a grin on his face. He's working that arm over. Gulak with a huge slam now, but Ali's shoulder's not all the way down. Now they are, but only a two. Two! Gulak's been in full control since uh, he caught Ali off guard early on in this match. Look at that beautiful cravat he's got there now. And Ali's arms choking himself. He's got his hand over his mouth. Close side, then the back elbow. <clears throat> Irish rip attempt. But Ali jumps over the oncoming Gulak. Oh, <laughs> hits him with a picture-perfect drop kick. Is Ali going to start going flying again? He's just got to try and get some feeling back in that arm as well, hasn't he? As Gulak gets up in the corner. And now Ali's going to look for his rolling net breaker. Oh, oh beautiful move. Dives in through the second rope. Nice front row and then hits him with the neck breaker. Is Ali looking to finish it here? Gulak catches Ali's legs as he tries probably a drop kick. Oh, but Ali's got him in a cradle and oh, gets a free. That was a very shock victory for Ali. Well, he beat him on the ground. He beat him wrestling as opposed to high flying. I think Ali say that to him now. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was quite a good match, you know. It was, it was over before it got dull, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I, I think it's right. And I think the feud is going to be good as it continues on as well, you know, because we've got the basis of Ali being a high flyer, Gulak trying to stop him, and this is not over. This is not over. It has only just begun. But up next, Dan. Uh, Jack Gallagher's walking backstage, upset after losing to Tony Nice earlier in the night. <clears throat> Austin Aries approaches him eating a banana and talks about how he tried to go down the same road and do the right thing, but neither of them have had a lot of success taking the gentleman's way lately. He suggests they both be a little more like TJP and Neville, but Jack isn't very excited about the idea. Aries suggests they form a partnership, and although he's not quite sure... Gallagher shakes his hand. So, do you think this is the start of the Austin Aries heel turn, then? Back on Jack? Yeah, I mean, Jack's a very... He's, I can't see him being a, a heel in that way. Very babyface like Aries getting annoyed, yeah. next. I mean, I would love to see a Gallagher versus Aries match. But I just got a feeling they might be a tag team. But I don't know. They might be uh, Trouble in Paradise. Anyway, talk about Trouble in Paradise... <laughs> Talking about that, TJP confronts Neville backstage about what happened between them and their match last week on 205. Neville says he wasn't trying to get in his head and it was nothing personal as he'll do what it takes to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Perkins seems to buy his excuse and wish him good luck in the main event. Which is coming up now and that is Neville versus Rich Swong. Yeah, and we see Akira Zara standing ringside for this match. They start off and Swan and Neville going at it straight uh, right in the... As soon as the bell rings, exchanging right hands, and now Swan trying to chase Neville. <clears throat> Neville back in the ring first to continue his onslaught. Neville just stamps on the back of his head, gets him down in a side headlock. And we've seen what Neville can do in the past six months as he's been the dominant champion, isn't he? You know, he slows things down, makes uh, the opponent work to get back into the match, expend all the energy as well. Neville is not there to please the fans now with even high-flying moves. He's taking a leaf out of Drew Gulak, hasn't he? <laughs> you know, the guy yeah, no fly zone. But Swan responds with the drop kick, sending Neville to the outside. And Tazara, I like that. Tyson Neville's gotten roped off as well, like a VIP area. <clears throat> what do you think of the Titus brand? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a bit silly a manager being twice the size of his... Uh, his <laughs> do you know what I mean? His... Uh, his men, but I liked what he did last week when he was face-to-face with Neville and he said, like, Tazawa is coming for you. If he can do that and be be serious, I suppose it's a thing that's different, isn't it? We well, let me put it this way. For. Would you rather see him on Raw or SmackDown Wrestling? Yeah, no. Or would yeah. you rather see him on 205 Live <laughs> managing? Yeah. No, I would definitely like to see him managing rather than wrestling. Where's Darren Young anyway? Can did he get fired without anybody telling us? I mean, great main event here on two hundred five. Neville and Swan turn it up again now. Oh, Swan doing some flips in the ring and uh, nice head scissors take down there. Follows it up with a lovely drop kick to Neville, who's rolling out of the ring to try and catch his breath. You got to remember, Rich Swan is a former cruiserweight champion himself. He is the man who lost the title to Neville to start off this uh, the King of the Cruiserweights reign, but the upset. Could be in the bag, I don't know. But I can feel the level of excitement here at the moment. It is intense as Neville's trying to suplex Rich Swan. Uh, Swan managing to push Neville off the top but gets caught with a big back elbow. Oh, but plants him with a step up in Seguri and knocks Neville off the top. But he somehow lands on his feet. <clears throat> Looking a bit dazed and confused. Swan comes flying over the top rope and takes him out. And now Neville's got Swan. I think destination stairs. 
Well, he's going to go for the counter victory now. He's going to continue his pursuit and beat up Swan in front of Tozawa. Oh! Turns him inside out by throwing him against the barricade. Now he's gloating to the crowd. Well, Rich Swan doesn't look to be on the Neville level here. Rich Swan fighting back out of it, though. And now both men to the outside again. Oh, oh face first onto the announce table, though. Well, midsection first onto the announce table. Swan looks in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and Tazawa's got the best seat in the house to watch all this punishment. And Neville throwing Swan in. And this is going to be the downfall of Neville, taking his time by sneering and smirking at the crowd. He's not having a cigarette, James. He's just grinning. Well, he's on the top rope, scouting Rich Swan. Here comes Neville. Oh, but Swan ducks down to the mat, tries to get away. Was he blocking or was he just seriously injured? Indeed, and he delivers a striking super kick straight to the jaw of Neville. Sends him stumbling back. Uh, yeah, straight down to the mat. <laughs> The instant replay of Swan's expression. It looks like Patrick Moore. But Neville's back up quicker than Swan. But I don't think Neville knows where he is, does he? Oh, gets caught with the right hand by Swan. And then the chop. Then another right hand. Oh, ducks a close on attempt from Neville. Going for the kicks. Takes out Neville's legs and then quick kick straight to the head. Was that a rich kick? It looked like he knocked him out. Oh, but Neville managing to kick out. Swan can't believe it. Neville... Just, just by the smallest of margins still in this match. Oh, but Swan coming back and turning Neville inside out with a clothesline. Swan's getting fired up, spinning heel kick to the midsection. Oh, I'm not sure what that is, but it might have beaten Neville. I don't know, I'd inverted fisherman or something like that, it looked like. Something like that. Something like that. Can't keep Neville down though, the Geordie. Drags into the corner. Is he going to try and finish off Neville? Well, the Phoenix Splash finishes them all down. And Rich Swan now looking up. Grabs hold of uh, Swan's right leg, but gets fought off. And now Swan's managing to go to the top. Here we go. Oh! Neville manages to roll inward and avoid getting hit. Oh, no. Rings of Saturn locked in. Here we go. It's only a matter of time before Swan taps out. Middle of the ring, nowhere to go. Uh. He's holding on for as long as he can. Will he pass out or tap out? He said Willie. He taps out, Dan. He taps out. <laughs> Willie. <laughs> and then Neville immediately goes over to... Does he? Neville immediately goes over to Tazawa and looks him dead in the eye and says, yep, that's going to be you. Come great balls of fire. Yeah, so that's looked like the next direction for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, it was quite a good match, you know. Great bit of back and forth. I think Neville no-sells a bit too much, though. You know, he's he's very quick at recovery. I know he's supposed to be the king of Cruiserweights, but it does make his opponents look very weak if he's, like, you know, getting hit by a big kick or, you know, a big close, and he's up quicker than his opponent. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. So he's got to be careful with that. And I think the undefeated streak is going to come to an end soon. Who does that, we don't know. You know? But it'll be interesting to see. Maybe Tazawa, maybe not. But I think it was a good episode 205 Live as we move on to the next one, episode 31, which is June 27th. And how did it start, Dan? 
Uh, we start off with a flashback of Titus Worldwide's announcement of Tazawa versus Neville for Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, so a huge match made. And what do you think of Tazawa's chances versus Neville at Great Balls, Dan? I think he's probably going to be Neville's hardest opponent today. Yes. You don't want to give too much away, do you, because your predictions. <laughs> I know why you're doing it. So anyway, up next, we see Corey Graves and Vic Joseph. In for, they're twins, of course. Inform us we're getting a Neville address. Alexander vs. Davari and Jack Gallagher are in action here tonight. Uh, Dasha Fuentes interviews Jack, who will face the, the Brian Kendrick tonight. Gallagher made a mistake letting his guard down last week against Tony Nice. He won't make that same mistake again against notorious villain Kendrick tonight. Yeah, and Kendrick tonight, it is Kendrick versus Gallagher. I feel like Kendrick tonight. So we see Brian Kendrick coming out as Jack Gallagher. What do you have to say, Dan? Um, he's just taking a mick out of Jack Gallagher, saying, you know, he's he's no James Bond. He's no Kingsman. He is a pint-sized version of William Regal. Um, and it looks like Kendrick is starting his next long, 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 long <laughs> feud. And this time it's going to be against Gallagher. Yeah, I mean, he says England's an embarrassment and Jack Gallagher's an embarrassment. I mean, serious words there. I think the gentleman is offended. And Kendrick's not only knocking Jack Gallagher down, he's knocking the great nation of England. He is, and I think he's a cunt. Thank you very much. So, yes, Kendrick's come out here mocked. England said they're embarrassment. You're telling us stuff we already know, Brian, as we start off this match. And hopefully Jack Gallagher can restore some uh, English pride in this match. And yeah, this could be the start of something very long. But I think the suit, Kendrick, Dan, I don't know what you think about that. And the short hair. Yeah. Well, it must be difficult to wrestle in a suit. <laughs> so Kendrick might be a disadvantage, but of course, former Cruiserweight champion. And he's got Jack in his head, side headlock and screaming at him. You're an embarrassment his own William III didn't he he had his own William uh, IV <laughs> his umbrella but do you think this is uh, a kind of mockery of the hill that was Kendrick yeah I think he's not going to be that badass anymore is he I think that was taken by Neville Kendrick needs to find himself sank doesn't he so he had the kind of Tazawa student teacher thing and now I think even though it is a student teacher thing this kind of it's more like yeah you're just an embarrassment to the Cruiserweight division and it's my job to to do it, and I can still take the piss out myself. You know, that's what Kendrick does. I think it's quite good in that way. You know, we can see him dance or laugh, and I don't take him too seriously anyway. I don't think he's a serious threat to the Cruiserweight title now. I don't, you know. No. When, you know, when he first came into it, I thought he was. Mm. But well, I think Jack's on a bit of a bad, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I think he's further away from the title scene than he was a couple of months ago now. And I think this feud is not really going to help him, is it? No. Oh, hair's getting a little bit off place now, but still Kendrick in control. <laughs> oh, fighting with the wig ons. Here comes Kendrick. Oh my God! Punch square to the face. Well, it's not doing him any. It's not doing any good at the moment, is it? <laughs> in this match, Jack on the losing end last week to Nice, and this week looks like he's going to lose to Kendrick. Oh well, as we say that, he gives some big knees to the midsection of Kendrick. Follows it up with a big elbow <clears throat> and a lovely drop kick. Goes for his. Butterfly suplex, but Kendrick with a backdrop. Well, Kendrick deceptively strong for a cruiserweight. Manages to push Jack away and hits him with a back elbow. But now he's going to use... Oh, my God. It's William the third or fourth that he's going to go and hit a home run with. Oh, ref! Oh, straight to the midsection. Well, 
At least Jack Gallagher's got a victory. <laughs> oh, but the welts on his back after these umbrella shots. Well, he's going to town on him with the umbrella. Well, he's broken that one. Now he's going to get the other one. Bending it over, Gallagher. Well, he's hitting him. And Jack's in trouble. And Kendrick there making a statement. What do you think, Dan? Um, well, you know, I think you summed up correctly. You know, he's certainly making a statement on Jack Gallagher. Uh, looking to get himself back into another feud with, I don't know, arguably one of the highest rated wrestlers on 205. So, you know, it can only be good for Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, for Kendrick. So. Yeah, so uh, as long as it doesn't go on too long, I think it's, this could be a good series of matches we see between these two men. But we do move on. And up next, we have a flashback to Mustafa Ali beating Drew Gulak before Dasha talks to Drew. He's glad she showed that clip because it's motivated him to sending the message of safe and sound feet on the ground. Ali rolls up to ask why Gulak hates high flyers. Is it because it's unsafe or is it because area moves are something Drew just can't do? So for the second week in a row, Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak. Yeah, we watched the first match in its entirety. We're just going to watch the end of it here. It's been another back and forth match. I'm not going to say it's exactly the same as last week, but it's basically exactly the same as last week. We'll see who comes out on top of this. Is Gulak now suplexing Ali. Oh, straight into that turnbuckle. Ali looks down and out too. Oh. Manages to kick out of that attempt, pinning attempt. Lovely DDT there by Ali. Pummeling Gulak. Yeah, he's trying to get some separation and that tornado DDT is going to help. Can he beat Gulak two weeks in a row? Can he basically end this feud right here and right now? Try and get the crowds on his side. Gulak is not smirking this week. But again, you know, I think these, they're longing out these feuds. It's like there's no fly zone. Yeah, it's gone on for ages and he's just targeting one wrestler. There's loads of wrestlers that do high fly moves. As we see Ali there with a hurricane runner and nipping himself up. But, I mean, if Gulak can beat Davari, uh, Davari, uh, Ali in the end, then he might move on to someone else high flying. But you look at Ali's moveset, he might be the guy who does the most high flying moves on 205 at the moment. Maybe someone like Grand Metallic, maybe. But if Ali gets beaten by Drew Gulak, will Ali stop doing high flying moves? Uh, he might become part of this kind of no-fly zone corporation. As Ali then hits his beautiful rolling net breaker, but can only get two. Two. You get a bit frustrated, but like these two men know each other so well now. But you've got to remember it's episodic TV, isn't it? So you've got to have a storyline every week. You can't just have, yeah. you know, it, 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 the kind of... And with only one match for the title that can have a payoff at a pay-per-view, these other ones just seem to continue for a long time. A long. A long time. Ali sharks long. And Ali's got Gulak on the top. Oh. Gulak pushes him off, and now he's perched up on the top. Will he go for a high-flying manoeuvre? Well, Ali said he can't do high-flying moves. And what's this? Oh, he looks to be stepping down, but it's like he's had a thought. <laughs> His legs are shaking as he perched on the top rope. You can do this, Drew. And the man's contradicting himself. Oh, my God. He's not very safe and steady. Oh, superfly signal. Oh. And that's why he doesn't go off the top, because he goes for a belly splash and completely misses. <laughs> so, well, very reminiscent of Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Obviously not killing the misses, but missing that splash. Two, three, oh. and gets rolled up by Ali for the second week in a row. So, Gulak and Gulak trying to play 
Ali's rules and got beaten, and that makes Gulak look like a complete fucking idiot, Dan. Don't you think? <laughs> Indeed, yes. A contradictive idiot as well. What do you think of the match? Terrible. <laughs> but again, you know, it was it was part of their feud. Yeah. You know, it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. But you know, yeah. Well, it's fair to say a bad match on 205 is like a good match on Raw. Yeah, yeah, it is indeed. After this match in the locker room, we see... No, I am done. Yeah, and he's trying to apologise to Davari for throwing his 15k luggage in the water. And he's trying to blame Cedric for it. Uh, Davari says it is peasant money. And Dari's relieved he doesn't have to pay him back because he's broke. His phone bill is killing him because Alicia wants to FaceTime constantly. She calls and Davari takes the phone and throws it against the wall, telling Noam he still owes him. Well, up next, we see Davari and he defeats... Well, yeah, fuck it. Davari defeats Cedric Alexander via pinfall following a hammerlock hammer lariat. And he was aided by Dar charging on the apron and getting forearmed by Cedric, who then turned it into the finish. Dar climbs into the ring to beat down Alexander after the bell and then demands a microphone. He sends a message to Alicia, who he'd love to be on FaceTime with right now. The Cedric Alexander chapter is over, and they can move on and focus on their love. Yo, Alicia, <laughs> we did it! Yeah. So him and Alicia Fox have finished with Cedric Alexander. That is great news. Well, on to the, well, not the main event match, but the main event. And Neville sneers his way down to the ring for a promo. In two weeks, he defends his cruiserweight title against another so-called challenger. But this time, he believes his, oppon- his opponent has been misled. The W Universe are convinced that the Wonder Kid, Akira Tazara, has a chance of defeating him. And when the crowd chants, Ah! 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 Neville dismisses it as cute. He's also not concerned with the white noise for Titus O'Neil, eh? Dan? Oh, uh, well, yes, uh... He knows Tazawa likes to give lessons, but the king likes to give warnings. Don't show up at Great Balls of Fire, because if he steps in the ring, he'll get a slap of reality that he's not at the Neville level. Neville level. If Akira doesn't believe him, ask any of the men he's already beaten. Well, Tazawa appears, and when Neville asks what he wants, and if he understands English, Akira only responds... Ah! 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 Over and over as a crowd chants along. A frustrated champ charges, but he gets taken down and put out of the ring by the number one contender. Neville backs up the rank as Tazawa gives him a few more. Ah! 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 And and stares him down. What do you think of this week's show, Dan? Um, It's not been the greatest fortnight of uh, 205 Live, but as you say, you know, 205 Live's still better than a great Royal Smackdown. Yeah, and we've got one more. Uh, it will be the go-home show for Great Balls of Fire as we move on. Third episode of Live, which was the 4th of July, 2017, episode 32. And Dan, how did we start it off? Uh, well, we started off with Titus O'Neil walking backstage, talking to Akira Tozawa on the phone. He ta- chats up Davari, asking if his shirt is swelvit, which means silk and velvet. Oh, right, I was sure. And Mustafa Ali, who could be Muhammad Ali, with a few more wins. Then tells Tazawa he's heading out to kick off 2i5 Live. 5 Live off right in Phoenix. They practice some ah, ah, ah 
chants and then the theme song plays. Well, Corey Graves and Vic Joseph tell us tonight we are getting Jack Gallagher versus Tony Nice and TJP versus Rich Swan. Titus is introduced as the founder of Titus Worldwide and makes his way to the ring, slapping hands with fans on the way in. O'Neill has a plexiglass podium with his brand's logo on it and a pictures of Tozawa and Neville. He hopes the cruiserweight title at Bulls, saying the champ will be no match for his client. Well, Neville interrupts. He's complimenting Titus on becoming a charismatic leader, but he's selling a pure fantasy, saying he's going to show what happens when a client signs with Titus worldwide. Neville shows footage of Raw's main event and Apollo Crews and O'Neill's destruction at the hands of Braun Strowman. The crowd chants, you're not Strowman, causing him to pause and tell him, nice. He says Titus is all about pursuing the dollar, not taking care of his clients. He invites O'Neill to watch his destruction of Linsterado from the commentary booth so we will know what awaits Akira at Great Bars of Fire. So we are going to watch Neville versus Linsterado. It should be a good match. We haven't seen uh, Linsterado in a long time, have we? We haven't, no. He's uh, quite a little firecracker in the ring. Interesting yeah. to see. So, yeah, see what he's learned since we've not seen him for a while. Exactly, we've not seen him for a while. <laughs> so, hopefully, it should be a good matchup. You know, Cruiserweight champion Neville. He's got Tazawa to look forward to, shall we say, Great Balls of Fire. Can I just uh, remark something that, seeing as though it's uh, American Independence Day, have you seen the ring ropes? Yes, red, white, and blue ring ropes. As we just come off the uh, July 4th edition of SmackDown, John Cena coming back. We'll talk about that. When we get to talking smack. But anyway, they're going Dorado trying to get an upset pin over Neville. Like I say, Neville's got Tazawa. Great balls of fire. That is going to be a cracking match, isn't it, Dan? It should be a brilliant match, yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll see a title changer. Yeah, it was possibly. I mean, Tazawa's had a momentum on his side and, of course, joining Titus and Hill as well. Uh, as we see Neville turn it round to Lince. He's got the size advantage. But Dorado, the thing we like about him, you know, not just for stunners, but he's just uh, it's explosion of... of yeah, you know, he's, again, another one of these exciting cruiserweight wrestlers that we like to watch, along with a majority of them. You know, I think pretty much everyone in that division has been exciting to watch, apart from Noam Dar, really. <laughs> well, Noam Dar, the real star on 205 Live, but rather impressive in the early going. Going to try and flip Neville. Oh, a lovely monkey flip sends Neville crashing down to the mat. As we see Titus O'Neill on commentary with Corey Graves and the pimp Vic Joseph, by the looks of it. I mean, he's certainly got character about him, but we're not going to concentrate on him, concentrate on the match. Oh, my God. Look at Neville, Dirty Hill, pulling on the mask. Oh, yeah, but he tries eliminating Dorado from the rumble, but Dorado manages to catch his legs under Neville's arms and flip him over. Oh, he's trying to go for the big kick. I don't know if Neville dodged that. And a huge hurricane of Dorado or Neville to the outside. Onto those uh, those mats on the outside there. <laughs> Onto those uh, wafer-thin mats, and, you know, they're mere millimetres thick with... Pure concrete underneath. Yeah, Neville trying to send a message to Titus and Neil with Dorado, but Dorado fighting at the moment. Oh, but gets sent over the ring steps, hitting his knee on the way over. Do you reckon he's Dorado's going to be the next target for the No Fly Club? He could be. You know, it, we'll see how six foot good is as he carries on with Mustafa Ali. But Dorado, especially, he's one of those guys with a no fly zone. You see the replay there. That will take all the flying away. <laughs> now Neville's going to do what he does best, and it slow it down. Just wear down Dorado. He doesn't care what the fans think. <coughs> right in front of Titus and Hill, the announce table now as well. He's going to bounce his head right off it. Straight in front of the announcers. Now Dorado in the ring to use the ropes to get up as well. What's Neville going to do? 
Gonna try and finish off Dorado, pointing at Titus. I mean, is he doing a Randy Orton getting too distracted by who's at ringside? I think he is, but the big powerbomb now to Dorado. Oh. Plants him with that devastating powerbomb. Well, he... Straight into the rings of Saturn. Oh, he doesn't go for the pin, does he? He goes to hurt him. He's staring at Titus and now and Dorado's got no choice but to tap out. Yeah, straight over to square up with Titus again. What do you think of the match, Dan? Uh, it was over quite quickly. I think, you know, Neville's successfully sent out a message to Tazawa via Titus O'Neill. So, you know, it's I think it's getting across as uh, as a good bit of rivalry going on there. It and is. I think with uh, Tazawa's lack of English skills, shall we say, he's getting helped a lot by uh, O'Neill being in his corner because yeah. he is a brilliant talker. I yeah, think. I'm looking forward to Tazawa Neville, a great balls of fire. But credit to Dorado, at least he's featured on 205 Live and he wasn't completely destroyed, was he? He did put up a little bit of a fight in that one. But anyway, up next, Swan approaches Perkins in the locker room to ask why he requested a match tonight. Ah. TJP says Rich wanted to see the guy who won the Cruiserweight Classic. And in the CWC, TJ beats Swan. They agree to see who the better man is in some friendly competition tonight. And then we see a reminder about the Brian Kendrick's mocking attack on Gentleman Jack last Tuesday when he came out dressed as a gentleman <laughs> with William the Fourth. Yeah, it was all suited and booted as well. Uh, and we move on to the match tonight. Jack Gallagher defeated Tony Nice via pinfall following a running drop kick after Jack refused to fall for Nice's feigning injury again, hitting him with a headbutt as he claimed his knee was hurt, much like he did in the match we saw last week. Yeah, uh, Kendrick shows up on the Tron in. Kendrick shows up on the Titantron in colonial garb to deliver history lessons about the nefarious Brits and their military failures, drawing parallels to Gallagher's career. He plans to kick Jack out of 205 Live, just like his forefathers kicked the English out of America. And this revolution will be televised. Gallagher calls for the Brian Kendrick to come out to the ring, but when we... But we eventually go to a commercial. Yeah, so we're going to wait for that confrontation. Looks like the uh, feud has only just begun. Then we see a replay of Cedric Alexander's win and the overall segment with Noam Dar and Alicia Fox on the July 3rd Raw, which we won't go into too much detail. Yeah, Dar is being seen by a trainer who tells him he won't need a neck brace. He says that's good news, but not as good as having Foxy back. She runs in as he breaks down his plan to claim the Cruiserweight title. She says that's great, but what about Cedric? Alicia wants them to keep after Alexander until he glive. And Noam doesn't seem thrilled with this plan. Well, no, especially after last week on 205, Dar said he's through with Cedric Alexander. Looks like Fox wants to keep this going, which uh, I suppose is an interesting way of looking at things. But a main event, Dan, it was Rich Swan versus TJP. And what happened? Uh, well, Rich Swan defeated TJP via pinfall. After a hard-fought, evenly matched bout, Swan finally got a free count after a series of pin counters. TJ tried for another hold after the ref's count, not realising it was over. He was frustrated, but accepted Swan's handshake to end the show. Yeah, so we see uh, maybe babyface TJP we're talking about. We're not sure which way he's going to go, is it, you know? But uh, what have you thought of 205 Live these past three episodes, Dan? Yeah, you know, they're, uh, they're certainly building towards something, and... I think it's it's going in the right direction still. And we've, I think we've watched every single one of these 32 episodes that they've had. And I don't think I've di- been disappointed by a single show. No, so, uh, I mean, it's been a, it's not been, a, I, I think, the best 
recent weeks, but it has become more into a form show, hasn't it, rather than anything yeah. else? So that was 205 Live. Now we move on to the latest uh, network content, and the WWE Network will be adding two new collections to their streaming service this Monday, July 10th. WWE has released a preview video on their YouTube channel revealing the new collections. And what are they, Dan? Uh, the first new playlist, it theme, it will feature 30 of the talk show segments spanning from the first in 1984 to the last in 2014. The other collection is titled Razor Ramon, Oozing Machismo, which will feature matches as well. Yeah, I think it's only a good thing, you know. They said there's over 30 collections now. And what I feel, you know, like on the DVDs you get of like a superstar profile, you know, superstar documentary and his matches i think they do this on the collections and i think it makes sense you know especially razor ramon and piper they, them two definitely deserve it don't they yeah definitely and i'm sure you know with the network dvd sales are dwindling so they've got to kind of make it worthwhile getting the network yeah and keeping subscription to without it. a doubt speaking of that we have new programs added to the vault is old school from 1977 where well, we go back and watch that one day the uh, special show at madison square garden and of course, the latest Raw replay and the episode of NXT as well. Along with the added info for the upcoming collections, WWE.com also listed the 10 shows that will be rotated into the new classic content collection. Normally, there's nothing really, nothing to really mention because it's just highlights the classic content that's been added in the last few weeks. But this time, it's confirmed the impending upload of the WWE CW episodes, to be precise, we now know for sure that the show will be added the way up to 2009. Yeah, so something that I asked for the network to do, and I'm not saying you'll listen to me, but we are finally going to have some of that ECW show, which means people like John Morrison, The Miz, CM Punk, uh, and it would be good because we've got Halloween coming up. Maybe we can see if there's zombies still on it or not. Uh, to be clear, though, this is merely the latest episode advertised in their 10-show collection, which has four slots taken up by the old-school events. Shows could easily be added beyond that date, and considering these W on Sci-Fi was cancelled less than 12. It seems a pointless place to stop, you know. And despite this confirmation of the show being uploaded on July 10th, we'll be sure to update you on the entire run will appear, or if it will stop, on episode one for free. And table for free, it's late as night as three former Divas champions, Eva Torres, Maurice and Kelly Kelly, reunite to discuss their careers as Divas, as well as lives after the WWE. Yeah, they share hilarious in and out of ring moments and their controversial thoughts about the retiring of the Divas title. Yeah, the controversial thoughts. Shouldn't, they didn't think it should have been retired. Oh my God, they're going to be trouble for that. <laughs> I quite liked Kelly Kelly, actually. You like Kelly Kelly? Yeah, she was an exhibition. I uh, know, I wondered why you'd like her. Uh, so we move on to Talking Smack, which is after the last episode two or five we just saw. <clears throat> and Renee Young and Daniel Bryan are again the hosts for WWE Talking Smack. They start by wishing everybody a happy Independence Day before jumping to the events of Smackdown Live. The general manager was tired of James Ellsworth interfering with the women's division, so he decided to let Carmella keep her money in the bank briefcase. However, he felt he had to discipline Ellsworth. By suspending him for 30 days and fining him 10 grand. Is it 10? Fucking hell, Ellsworth. There we go. There's, do you think that's an adequate fine for him getting involved? Yeah, and he said that if he, makes, if he returns within the 30 days or anything happens, like, you know, he shows his face, his face <laughs> in and around the ring, that... Uh, Carmella will lose her women's money in the bank briefcase. Oh. So she best hopes she cashes it in soon, so then she's got nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Then Ellsworth can't cost her anything. But our first guest is Naomi, and uh, they start by admiring the glowing championship that Naomi is carrying. So as we we haven't talked about it yet, but... Well, Naomi, we discussed it in the car on We discussed it, it doesn't really count. I felt I got it on a news item, but yes... Um, 
Naomi's got a new championship down, hasn't she? Yeah, I, I think it looks very good, you know, when she comes out because it's quite dark and she's just glowing and now the title's glowing. I think that's a very fitting way to have it. You know, you had John Cena and his spin about and you've had different variations of the championship. So I think it's only fitting for the women's title to be yeah. able to get a little bit of a makeover itself as well. Yeah, but does that mean she's going to hold the title now for a little while because it is glowing, you know, or will the next champion have a glowing championship? It, it, it remains to be seen. The women's champion believes Ellsworth punishment is appropriate. Oh, and she is glad that she can always count on Brian to do his job. Young then reads the tweets that Lana sent out, which helped her to get the rematch on SmackDown. Naomi reveals she was more upset with herself because she gave Lana the room to talk. She believes Lana knows who's. She believes Lana knows who the real champ is. She just had to show it, and I think she certainly showed it by beating her within ten seconds. She beat her within ten seconds, and last week she beat her, but uh, she had a shoulder up, didn't she? So that's why she had the re- indeed, yes. Which is appropriate thing if someone's got the shoulder up, haven't they? Then yeah. you know. Well, Randy Orton's <laughs> had a rematch, and now he's got another rematch coming up in a Punjabi prison. Uh, I, well, I won't say Randy Orton, but anyway. Um, uh, in regards to the other woman in the division, she knows she has to keep her guard up. She's just got a championship to glow, and she's not ready to give it up now. It glows so it feels more like it is her belt. And she also feels like she's more in charge of her division. Naomi knows her room, who will feel like they are better, Charlotte, than her. But she knows that this is not true. Yes, and if she had a choice of who she wants to fight at Battleground, it would be Charlotte. So you mentioned her. <laughs> the last match she had against Charlotte was interrupted by the welcoming committee. She believes Charlotte is one of the best. So to be the best, you have to beat the best. Woo! But she knows Carmella is waiting for her. She does not know what is going on with Tamina tonight. Tamina has a lot on her face, so the champ is confused by her actions. You know what happened? Uh, Dan, please tell well, us. Well, uh, after the match, like, well, after the very brief match, uh, Lana was sat in the corner, obviously injured from the match. And Tamina came down and just basically ushered uh, Lana out of the ring and walked off with her. Oh, right. So they're probably doing the same thing they did with Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, which they gave up on about six months ago then. Possibly, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, after night, I'd love to see Charlotte versus Naomi at a pay-per-view. If only you were general manager, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he also says he was a little demoralised because the Usos heard his rap lyrics and they decided they did not want him in a rap battle. He even dropped his raps for the WWE Universe. Even though the Usos did not let him be involved, he still loved the rap battle. He cannot wait to see the tag team match at Battleground. Do you want to tell me more about the rap battle, Dan? Um, well, you know, it, was, uh, it wasn't the greatest uh, of rap battles, you know, in terms of talent. But I think one of the Usos did drop a little bit of a bombshell on the Xavier Woods and Page incident, which was then quickly removed. <laughs> As, about so, as fast as the N-word from the Miz TV segment. Yes, we'll get on to that uh, because Booker T has made some comments, which, uh, you know, it's an open goal for us. Uh, <laughs> anyway, back to talking smack. And our second group was Maria and Mike Canellis. So I think they're a pair of cunts. Okay. Take this one away. <laughs> the GM tells Maria that the power of their love cut the cameras off in the building. She tells him that it was not their love that did it. Instead, it was some poor soul, and she'll feel sorry for him. Mike adds that this is embarrassing. Uh, for So they were given a segment, and the light's cut off. They're blaming someone backstage. Could it be someone who did that? Will that lead to a next feud? Do we know? Do we care? Anyway, after a look at the moment the couple debuted, Young asked them what exactly the power of love is. Maria tells her that she is looking at it. The power of love is within them. 
They want to show everyone <laughs> that they have found love. Brian asks... If you're sitting at home listening, <laughs> every time James says the word love. Well, Brian asks Mike why he loves her and he took her last name. Mike tells him that Maria is a powerful woman who brought him love. The least he could do is take her last name for love. Because, you know, backwards time, if he took his wife's name, fair play. Do you know what I mean? You, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, if you married Charlotte, you're really going to use, you know, white. <laughs> like yeah. I'm saying. You'd be damn flair if walking around. <laughs> yeah. Like I would. Anyway, uh, <coughs> Maria tells Young that the reason they are back is to prove that love, love changes everything. Sorry. I'd actually be Dan Orton. You'd be Dan Orton. That would work. Anyway. James Rude. <laughs> <laughs> love, 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 love. Yeah, love. Uh, why does... Jo- no, anyway. Um, Maria tells Young that the reason they're back is to prove that love conquers all. Mike believes the locker room is evil and needs the love. The returner is the next topic. He will have a match against Rusev at Battleground. Before they could finish discussing the match, AJ Styles interrupts. I just before AJ moves on, I just want to talk about that. We were we were asking what would John Cena's big announcement be? Free agent coming back to SmackDown? Would he be challenging? You know, Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam? Maybe would it be a challenge to Roman no, would Reigns? Would be challenging Randy Orton at SummerSlam? Would maybe? it be? Would it be anything like this? But no, Rusev came back and now it's gone back to 2015 and they're having a feud for a flag match. I mean, come on, WWE, come but on. But saying that, John Cena got a fucking good reception when he came back. I know he is an All-American wrestler and it is Independence Day. Maybe the emotions got the better of him. But the fan did, fans did give Cena a really good welcome and a big cheer. And this is down to as well how many stars are left like John Cena in the WWE to come back and get a reaction like that, you know? So at the moment, it's working for him. It does work at Battleground. But AJ Styles has just joined the desk. And what does he believe, Dan? Uh, Styles believes wrestling Chad Gable was harder than being in the Battle Royal. Gable threw him around the ring in the beginning of the match. He started to doubt himself when Gable kept tossing him. It made him exhausted for the Battle Royal. And I don't know if you've seen the match, but it was a bloody good match I, between the two. When I heard that, when I heard Gable Styles, I did watch it. And like I say, it was a cracky little match, wasn't it? You know? It was brilliant, yeah. Um, anyways, we, Styles admits it was a struggle resting twice in the night in a Battle Royal whose muscles were tight. But he's able to win because there were many people to focus on. What happened to Battle Royal, Dan? Um... Well, it was Ryder and Mojo. They were ah! <laughs> <laughs> they was t- like everyone was down, feigning injury, and it was them too. And I was like, yeah, you know, every man for himself. And they started going on against each other. And then someone interrupted. They eliminated him. Ryder had his back turned, and uh, shit cunt eliminated him. <laughs> oh, so shit cunt eliminated Ryder. Got that wrong. Uh, anyway, what does Style feel, Dan? <laughs> Styles feels the only thing Kevin Owens is better than him at is eating. Brian jokes about having an eating segment on next week's SmackDown. Styles knows he will lose and tells the universe he's not going to because he knows it will not end well for him. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you get me involved in that. Let's see what happens. But anyway, before Talking Smack ends, Brian tells the WWE to get the Wiener Challenge trending so the eating contest could happen. Dan, what do you think of Talking Smack? You know, it's, I think it's starting to be a bit more of a entertaining segment than a serious venting segment yes yeah 
I, I do agree with that. There is Brian definitely brings more comedy to it as well, doesn't he? We do want to see the seriousness of it. Maybe Kevin Owens showing up or what The Miz brought to the show. Uh, but I still think it's great. It's one of those. If nobody's, it's still an enjoyable twenty minutes, isn't it? You know, it is. Yeah, you know, it's not too long to get bored of. So. You know, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not half bad. So we move on to news. Our favourite segment, or my favourite bit of any month in the uh, WWE. We catch up with this. And there has been, I should say, a shitload of news. Let's get through it. So as seen below for us, WWE has unveiled a new logo for the May Young Classic fan. I don't know, kind of like a squared statue. Do you think that's what the statue will be? That, that The winner will get that trophy? Potentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, WWE holding tapings for the May Young Classic on July 13th and 14th. So as we're recording this, it's only a couple of days away. And they're doing it at Winter Park, Florida. The company will be releasing episodes of the tournament on the section Video On Demand on the WWE Network starting on August 28th. So we're going to have a long wait until we actually see it. But here's an updated list of the names that have been confirmed for this tournament. Dan, over to you, because you're fantastic with names. Carrie Sane, Bianca Belair... Piper Nevin, Dakota Kai, Tessa Blanchard, Abby Leif, Tainara Conti, Jazzy Gilbert, uh, Jazzy Gabbert, Kavita Devi, Tony Storm, Princess Shagay, Lacey Evans, Sarah Logan and Vanessa Bourne. So we will have more and more as the statement is nearly there now. Uh, but it's something to look forward to and of course we'll keep you up to date as we did with the CWC before and the UK tournament we're going to have the latest episodes uh, soon as they're up there we'll be covering it all because there'll be points on the line as well and that's what really matters Dan isn't it you know that is the important thing we don't care about the tournament itself it's just the points that I'm going to get because I'm just great with the yeah. tournaments. Well, uh, anyway, we'll move on. <clears throat> May not wrestling related, but it's still a good story. Well, the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather boxing match is finally official. It will take place the week after WWE SummerSlam. I'm sure WWE is extremely grateful for that little bit of kindness. It would have taken the shine <laughs> off of SummerSlam just yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. The fight is between two of the most bankable and surefire pay-per-view draws in history. And early expectations are that a somewhat unprecedented match between the greatest boxer of his generation and one of the greatest MMA fighters in the world will shatter pay-per-view records eclipsing even the years in development Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao fight do you think it will? Well in terms of money wise yes because the price they're going to be charging to watch it on pay-per-view is going to be fucking hysterical it will be yeah but I still think I mean I don't want to make any predictions here, but I think maybe two million buys for boxing and Mayweather's the, the biggest one. Maybe like one and a half million McGregor usually gets for UFC. Put those two fans together and you put the people who you wouldn't normally spend money on it, yeah. like us two, who will at that point in time as well. It, it's going to make them near enough billionaires well, this event. It's rumoured that each man's going to get a good size of 200 million just for turning up for the fight anyway. So, you know, I'll turn up to that to get knocked about by either man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. I wouldn't want to beat Mayweather's undefeated streak, but, you know, if (laughs) if I had to... If you had to, exactly. But one of the best stories of this as well, we've been following it, uh, Mario Ronaldo, his treatment in WWE. Well, we know now, former Smackdown player man Mario Ronaldo will get to call the whole thing according to Sporting News, Dan. Yes, uh, Ronaldo recently parted ways with WWE amid a shroud of mystery with allegations of bullying being thrown around and lots of old history about WWE employees being brought back into the spotlight. 
In fact, Ronaldo is still under contract to WWE through August. Yes, and we'll get onto it in a second. What actually happened? This is uh, just carry on. Why well, he's it. not able to work for any other pro wrestling promotions for the time being? He has already made his return to both MMA and boxing events. And now he's just booked the event of his lifetime. Yeah, the full Showtime boxing crew will be on hand for the Mayweather versus McGregor pay-per-view. In addition to Ronaldo and Player Play, not <laughs> the one and only Al Bernstein and Paul Maglianani will serve as colour analysts. June Gray will be ringside reporter. Steve Farhood will be the unofficial scorer of the bouts. And Brian Custer will be the familiar host of the entire affair. <laughs> but we got news though, Dan. It broke, didn't it? Well... News broke earlier this week that Mauro Ronaldo will be returning to WWE via NXT. He's not joining the NXT promotion as a wrestler. He's not. To add. Oh, he's not facing like you know Oscar for the title. Like uh, right. Ronaldo, who joined WWE last year, parted ways with the company a few months ago due to having issues with his broadcast partner JBL. And Dave Vince McMahon. Uh, well, last Friday on the Wrestling Observer Radio, Delve Meltzer broke down why Morallo decided to come back to the company via NXT. Well, they were trying to get him back essentially when he left, said Meltzer, regarding Mauro Ronaldo's WWE return and departure. No, departure and return. It's been a weird situation. Situation. What situation? It's been a weird situation because it's like, at times, it looked like they were in talks with him to come back and they stalled for a while last couple of weeks it really picked up yeah well, obviously he's doing nxt and you know you could put the dots together and if you don't want to i'll put them together for you the key that is in a show that most of the people that run WWE production don't go to so that's the key right there he's in a different world working the orlando shows and the takeovers and not the high pressure so shows shows so to speak yes uh ronaldo will join my mate nigel mcginnis and percy watson on the nxt announce team He's already been a part of several NXT earlier in the week, so we'll probably be hearing from him, hearing him call matches on WWE Network in the near future. Yeah, and also we talk about that. Um, Ronaldo announced a new deal on his Instagram page uh, last Thursday. He said, WWE and I mutually agreed to end my responsibilities on SmackDown, having nothing to do with rumours about disputes, he wrote. Yeah, sure. As I remained under contract with WWE, we discussed a variety of options. Despite originally agreeing to part ways, there was always a desire working together. We have come to terms with a new agreement that benefits both WWE and me, and I'm thrilled to announce I will now be part of the NXT broadcasting team. Can I just say that we cannot confirm nor deny that Vince McMahon may or may not have been standing over his shoulder as he wrote that tweet. <laughs> you don't put it in, damn it! Uh, Ronaldo is also does work for Showtime Boxing and Bellator MMA. Is known for his high octane announcing style. Of course, he was our favourite announcer last year, wasn't he? You know. Yes, uh, he also called the action general cruiserweight classic on the WWE Network, and he confirmed he's set to make his debut at Friday night's tapings. And um, we're going to talk about live attendances. One of, we've even got a little graph printed out for everybody here, Dan. Bar chart, my favourite type <laughs> of chart. Yeah, WWE live attendance has increased since the brand split. Although the average attendance in one Q to seventeen is the lowest from 2015 to 2017. Dan, you see. WWE live attendance in North America has actually increased since the announcement of the brand split in in the third quarter of 2016. Average attendances remained flat from the third quarter in 16 to the fourth quarter in 16 at 500 attendees per event before increasing to an average of 6,000 per event during the first quarter of 2017. Though this marked the lowest number for the first quarter from 2015 to 2017. 
Right, so it's actually improved, but still the number's not great, are they? Five to six thousand people on an average show, you know, especially when the O2 holds, what, 15,000? Do you think they're no longer doing, they're doing the arena still, but it must be like half full now, isn't it? Well, it's half full, but it's going to be half empty. Yeah, exactly. Um, what what kind of uh, shows are these, though? Are these just house shows? Are these everything like from pay-per-views to yeah. NXT. Yeah, every every live attendance show so pay-per-views nxt's wrestlemania as well because nxt's i'm sure they'll be bringing the average down slightly because they're smaller more compact arenas you know aside from the o2 arena and yeah but birmingham you, that was a tiny arena yeah but wrestlemania like last year had like a hundred thousand people so that must bulk it up a little bit as well you know yeah and you yeah. know that they are doing shows four or five nights a week you know, maybe even more. So, you know, I still think overall their numbers are up, but it's the lowest average. Well, it'd be interesting to see how WWE slows the integration of interpromotional matches uh, and see if it affects those numbers. But there's no doubt that Reigns versus Cena match remains a top priority of must-see matches in a brand split era. Well, personally, I'd like to see all them fucked off out of it and have AJ Styles... Versus Nakamura for the whole pay-per-view. <laughs> for wrestling. That's yeah. what you need, yeah. We might be for the US title if, you know, rumours go about. Uh, but that's what we said. we're talking about this and this is what WWE have to decide to do. Wherever they want to... I'm not going to read all that shit. If um, What they want to do. If they want to put the big interpromotional matches that they've got left, you know, uh, as in Reigns... They, they can only do it for so long, can't they? And this is WWE's problem in these last few years, and this is why I think the attendances are going down. Yeah. Because instead of a WrestleMania where you bring out all the old stars, throughout the rest of the year, you're just seeing the guys who aren't enough when it comes to the big shows anyway. So talk about big shows, we've got upcoming pay-per-views, Dan. Uh, yeah. Minnesota is still hoping to land WrestleMania someday, but in the meantime, they're going to get their first pay-per-view event in years this October. Since tickets go on sale this Friday, June the 23rd, Target Centre in Minnesota announced the details for the 2017 edition of TLC. See your favourite Raw superstars in action. Uh, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Intercontinental Champion The Miz, Raw Tag Team Champion Seamus Cesaro, Bray Wyatt, The Harley Boys, Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss and many more. Talent is subject to change. <laughs> yeah, but obviously TLC is going to be a Raw brand show this year after being SmackDown's December pay-per-view in 2016. It's also moving on the calendar too. Does this mean that Team Red's October offering will be a Hell in a Cell show and does that go to the blue brand instead? You know, We'll see what happens though. Or is there that themed event that we remove the slack? Will we see something new in December? They've got to have another two pay-per-views in December. And uh, obviously SmackDown needs one in October. But all Raws now are booked through. But we're going to move on to arrivals now. Uh, yes, um, WWE announced Thursday that Kavita Devi will become the first Indian women, woman to compete for the company when she takes part in the upcoming May Young Classic Tournament. And according to WWE.com, the 5 foot 9 inch Devi is a student of former WWE superstar, the great Carly. No, but she also has a background in competitive powerlifting, so she probably hit the Punjabi, uh, what was it called again? Punjabi plunge. Punjabi plunge is a, you know. Uh, per the Indian Express, Devi said that following, she is honoured to be the first Indian woman to compete with WWE in the first ever women's tournament. I hope She says, I hope to use the platform to inspire other Indian women with my performance and make India proud. The former South Asian Games weightlifting gold medalist competes in the Great Carly's Continental Wrestling Entertainment promotion 
and she caught the eye of WWE talent evaluators during a tryout in April. Yeah, the people you already now will join all of them. So we move on. Speaking of women, we move to Paige. It's Paige. Paige. Yes, she is back. It, did I, Dan? It's been too long since we've spoken about her. Well, a couple of new... Go on, A couple oh, of weeks... I was weeks, to say, though, I've, I've missed her in the ring. Yeah, no, you've, missed, you've missed her taking shots to the face. Uh, but, yeah, it, a couple of weeks ago, news broke that she and Daria had split. Battle of TNA, Global Force, slash wrestling, slash impact wrestling, slash anniversary. Paige was seen at ringside in a mask. The latest news is they got back together on Friday night. Well, will this relationship last? Who knows? Who cares? Well, speaking of crazy women, Sunny, a.k.a. Tammy Lynn Sitch. Dan, you take it away. Well, for those who don't know Sunny, she is one of the most controversial personalities in the history of WWE. There have been plenty of pots by the words she has said along the lines... There have been plenty of pots stirred by the words she has said along with things said about her. The tales of her drug and alcohol problems are unfortunately wrapped up in any story you can tell about the WWE Hall of Famer. Her past in the porn and cow modding industry also part of the conversation. And also part of my fucking view history on the internet. Anyway, <laughs> Sunny seemed to be doing better while staying in the Soho Sober Living Facility that WWE reportedly helped her pay for. But unfortunately, things might be getting a little bit too complicated for Sunny once again. She recently noted on her Facebook page that she passed out and fell. Sunny says she was immediately taken to a Southside hospital in Bayshore, New York, where she is currently staying. This might be a serious situation, but we're hoping for the best. There are no real specifics on what happened, although Sunny says she was pretty rocked and not ready. Whatever that means. <laughs> Regardless of the reason, she said in a Facebook post that the hospital staff hadn't let her take a shower yet. They might have been just as concerned as we are about the original WWE fever. Well, she seems to be going through a lot recently, and other social media posts have been troubling. She recently posted, no one cares about me. She's also been posting pictures of the bruises on her body and blood in her hair. Whatever, whatever her issues seem to be, it would be amazing to see a redemption story for Sunny. She was one of the best parts of the early Attitude Era for a lot of fans, and she obviously has people who care about her. We're wishing Sunny the best and hopefully she can get back to better health soon. Yes, we will. And speaking of uh, batshit crazy blonde, Trump next because the pro wrestling president, this was on the BBC News website. I don't know if you heard about it, Dan, but Donald Trump has shown time and time again that he views politics as a performance art. Another reality television competition where the more drama and conflict there is, the better. His CNN wrestling video tweet is just the latest, most jarring example. For Mr. Trump, the pol- political process is like a world wrestling entertainment match. During his campaign, he pulled back the curtain on the show and laughed along with supporters at the spectacle. He encouraged his crowd to cheer the hero, him, and berate the villains, everyone else. As president, nothing has changed. CNN has just been chosen as the latest number one bad guy. Well, a president's tweet will certainly harsh on the level of discourse in the nation or that Mr. Trump is inciting violence. Most of his supporters, however, will see it as Mr. Trump probably intended the latest episode in the biggest show ever to hit the US political scene, the newest twist in the remaking of the modern US presidency. Well, Mr. Mr. Trump's unusual tweet comes a day after he said his use of social media is not presidential, it's modern day presidential. Uh, On Thursday, the president 
launched a crude personal attack on MSNBC hosts, fuck me, uh, Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. His tweets were condemned by the Democrats and Republicans alike. But Mr. Trump has an entry in the WWE World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame for his appearance in the franchise a decade ago. And I should really explain, if anybody's not seen the tweet, you know when uh, Trump took down Vince McMahon at ringside? Basically, Trump retweeted that, but Vince McMahon's head had a CNN logo. So he's basically just punching CNN. So anyway, (laughs) people that don't know it, though, in 2007, franchise owner Vince McMahon challenged Mr. Trump to a so-called battle of the billionaires at a WrestleMania event with a wager that the loser would have their head shaved. During the same event, Mr. Trump was thrown to the mat by wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin with his signature move. The Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, we should say this is someone else fighting about wrestling. It's not us, like, when you say thrown to the ring. Hello. The guy obviously hasn't got a clue. But anyway, rather than fighting directly, each business magnet brought back a performer. Mrs. Trump wrestler was victorious. And Mr. Man's wrestler is now dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and uh, Mr. Trump's wrestler's now wrestling for Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And he went again and... uh, (laughs) Paige's boyfriend. Paige's boyfriend, yeah. yeah. The scripted sidelines of the ring, Donald Trump performed his scripted attack on McMahon, providing the original video for his beatdown of CNN. Yeah, and then, of course, as we know, Mr. Trump then helped shave McMahon's head on television. If you want to hear a more, you know, uh, fun, fact-filled look at it, go back to our podcast where we did the Trump effect in wrestling when he had just become president of the United States. And we told you this was going to happen. We said it here, and we were right. But anyway, move on, Dan. Probably your favourite news story of the week. In his latest... Heated Conversations podcast, Booker T addressed the incident on last week's episode of WWE Monday Night Raw when LaMelo Ball used the N-word in the Miz TV segment and how WWE followed up the very night on SmackDown. <clears throat> WWE followed up the very night on SmackDown with The New Day alluding to his promo in WCW where he used the N-word during a promo on Hulk Hogan. Well, Booker T said, he said, the kid, his name is LaMelo Ball, 15-year-old kid, son of a... Actually, the brother of Lonzo Ball, who was drafted for the Los Angeles Lakers, and the father's name is LeVar Ball. He's a braggadocious big time, calls himself a president and CEO of the Baller brand. Booker T to his guest, Kia Awesome Kong Stevens. I don't want to put the Ball family on trial or anything like that. Definitely was a bad situation all in all. Booker then explained his perspective on the N-word and referenced something that former WWE star Sean X-Pac Walkman tweeted about the segment. I agree with you when you say certain people just don't understand and don't know. Just like, you know, Sean Walkman, X-Pac, he's a friend of mine, but he said on Twitter that, you know, it was, he said, you know what I mean? He don't think it's a big deal, said Booker. But like you say, he hasn't walked around for 52 years like myself being black and being in my skin. You know what I mean? Then you say, on one hand, just for instance, it's a white person, and he's used it as a term of endearment. Hulk Hogan. Then the next minute, he's not using it as a term of endearment. Then we have a problem. The Hall of Fame, I then stated, he believes the word should be eradicated. It's such a catch-22 situation, because I hear on certain radio stations, you know, they have to bleep it out every two seconds on the radio, said Booker. You know, and we, as people, if we can't stop saying it, who are we to say when and where someone can say it? Me, personally, I think the word should be eradicated. The moment featuring the Bull family was overshadowed in the mainstream by Lamello dropping the N-word when Dean Ambrose came out, which prompted a surprised look from his brother, to which Lamello said it again, yelling, Beat that Wait! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we can't say that. 
Yeah, we're not Booker having a well, fucking Booker's not eradicated it yet. No, he hasn't. It was said on live television. Everybody got a chance to hear it. You know, we as people, we got to know how to change our levels. Uh, we got to know when to speak this way and when to speak that way. It's cultural. It is something we grew up with. It's something that we have seen throughout our lives being black. It's no secret or anything like that. So let's not sugarcoat it or anything like that. So it's okay for a black person to say the N-word, but it's not right for a white person to say the N-word. Uh, to say the N-word. Yes, and, and there'll be certain words that we can say that they can't. Anybody who's not seen Luke Cage on Netflix, you know, fucking hell, watch that and come back. Anyway, Dan? Uh, later in the episode, they played the segment from last week's WWE SmackDown Live. When the New Day came out after the Usos beat the... <coughs> Sorry, I'm not going to say that word either. The hype bros. That rider. <laughs> <laughs> that word is banned. Like, no one can say that word. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about the M word. It's the M word i got a problem with. The M word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway, after the match, Big E got on the mic and shouted, at Battleground, we coming for you. Before, Before he-, <laughs> he was interrupted by Xavier Woods, who shouted, Usos. Clearly dropped his infamous blunder in WCW. If you've never <laughs> heard anything about that, you should listen to our podcast relating back to it. It is a schoolboy excitement of us finding that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but it was the first time Booker had heard this segment, despite hearing all about it after it aired live on the USA Network. But we'll move on from that because, you know, we've, we've had enough. We've got his thoughts on it. Shouldn't have been said. Fair enough. Got latest, latest news. Fresh off my... Um, WWE talk about Tammy Sitch earlier having problems. Who's having problems now, Dan? Well, WWE has stepped in to help none other than Just Incredible. After a troubling video he posted to YouTube on July the 4th, 2017. In the video, Credible, whose real name is PJ Palaco. Yeah, you can Palaco. see... Palaco, you can see why he sticks... St- <laughs> yeah, Just Incredible, he changed it, you know? Uh, he said he was arrested, faced jail time, and hadn't had a public defender get back to him. He noted his past with WWE and stated his life was on the line. Well, yeah. I think if he's a dickhead and gets himself arrested, then he should fucking deal with it. Well, anyway, anyway the video was posted in response to a March 2017 arrest. Credible posted a new update yesterday where he revealed he's going to Tampa, Florida to get help for his alcohol addiction. Well, I guess I insulted a few people of my community. Well, I guess I insulted a few people of my community for the truth that I was that I told yesterday. As you can see, I'm at the Bradley International Airport going to get help in Tampa, Florida for alcohol abuse. Yes, I'm an alcoholic. I don't. Yes, I'm a recovering alcoholic. No, no, he said I'm an alcoholic. I don't. Yes, I'm a recovering addict. I don't do drugs, but alcohol is the worst drug in the world. Just incredible. Uh, he explained the aforementioned video got him heat, but he was going to keep posting them until his privileges to do so are revoked. It's just being revoked. Anyway. <laughs> right, I'm going to finish this anyway. But the post got me heat from many, many places, Credible said. So I'm posting another. I'm going to keep posting until these motherfuckers, until I get sick and tired of doing it, until I take my phone away. A lot of hypocrisy, a lot of bullshit. No one wants to help. The former ECW wrestler revealed WWE stepped in to get him help. <laughs> no one wants to help me. There you go, WWE has. So if I keep posting videos about my, oh, I don't have you, an alcohol problem. No. What about my drug problem? Oh, no, I don't have one of them either. <laughs> no, you don't. 
Anyway, you have an anger issue. Maybe you should start posting videos about that. You he, fucking cunt. <laughs> he says that he thanks Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Hunter Scott Hall, DDP, Jake Roberts. Thanks for helping me. And I'm just waiting for my Uber to get a room to get out of here tomorrow morning. And just want you to know that this bullshit, bullshit, a lot of what you hear ain't right. Of course, just incredible work for WWE from 1994 to 1997 and again from 2001 to 2003. He returned in June 2016 when the company resurrected ECW. 2006, when ECW was resurrected. Incredible, the independent scene retiring and unretiring. So, Dan, we've got your thoughts on the Just Incredible thing. But it's nice WWE are helping out. But I've got well, a question. Sorry, go on. I'll just compare it to something like, you know when you see these videos on Facebook of someone filming themselves doing something nice for a tramp or something like that? You know, they're just doing it for the public. Oh, aren't WWE nice helping that man out? They didn't give a flying fuck when they sacked him. They didn't give a flying fuck about him after he left the WWE. But now he's got problems. They're like, oh, we can help him out. Let's film ourselves helping him out. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. You go back to Stephanie's tweet of saying that charity work is the best type of publicity as well. You've got to have a look at it. Why are they not... Uh like pension schemes in place why is there not medical care for the old wrestlers you know help like this as well psychological otherwise they do they do just get kicked to the curb you know uh but anyway i've got a question for you dan who's wrestled most this year well we are just about halfway through the year and some wwe stars have already proven themselves to be vital assets to the company these tremendous men and women travel the world and put their bodies on the line every time they step between the ropes in an attempt to entertain the fans some people might, cons- might not consider this work, but if you put your body through just one match, you would quickly realise it's one of the toughest jobs around. Well, in the latest issue of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, it's noted that Sami Zayn currently leads WWE with the most matches. The underdog from the underground is certainly an Iron Man in that regard, and he's already wrestled an astonishing 83 matches so far this year. It's also noted that the top guys on the roster seem to be working less matches because 83 is far from the usual 200 matches a WWE talent usually wrestles in a year to remain on top of the card. After all, Kevin Owens comes in second place with 80 matches, followed by Jinder Mahal with 78, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, Cesaro, Charlotte, AJ Styles and Carl Anderson are all currently sitting at 77 matches apiece. Twatty Breeze and Sheamus tied with 76 matches each. Yes, yeah, Tyler Breeze, you see, 76 matches. He wanted, he's a wanted star. And when you really think about it, resting 83 matches in a six-month span of time might not seem grueling, but Sammy is still putting himself through the abuse of a W match at least once every 2.16 days. Sometimes he doesn't get that kind of break-in between accounts either. He's an impressive, it is an impressive statistic, nonetheless, when considering all that goes in between being a WWE superstar on top of just in the ring. An employee, or data leak. Data leak. Data, data leak. leak. Data leak. <laughs> Latest data leak. Dan? An employee of German security firm Chromtech uncovered an unprotected WWE database containing more than 3 million users' personal information. Hey, it's us! <laughs> according to a report published Thursday by Forbes. Hang on, before we go on, I should say, we've had so many hacks. Tiskily hack, where I had an Sony, where I had an account. WWE now, where I had it. Every, I don't know if I'm lucky. I don't know if I'm lucky or not. But anyway. Well, we'll soon see how lucky you are when naked pictures of you appear on the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Without me posting them. Exactly. The, da- <laughs> the data was stored on an Amazon server without any username or password protection. Forbes reported and was accessible to anyone who knew which web address to search. 
Displayed in easily readable plain text, users' home and email addresses, birth dates, ethnicities, children's age ranges and genders were included in the leak, Forbes said, among other information. Well, although no credit card or password information was included and therefore not at risk, WWE is investigating the vulnerability of a database house on the AWS, which has now been secured, a WWE spokesperson said in a statement. WWE utilises leading cyber security firms Smartronics and to manage the de- to, to manage the data infrastructure and cyber security to conduct regular searches, regular security audits on AWS. We are currently working with Amazon Web Services, Smartronics and Praetorian to ensure the ongoing security of our customer information. According to Forbes Source, another database was left on an Amazon server containing more information and primarily European fans! <laughs> yeah! And we've already read WWE's statement on that. Uh, so we move on. Parches, Dan. And this is a biggie. Yes. Uh, WWE announced today on Friday they have released Austin Aries. No other details were made available, but they're... Below is their full statement. Well, WWE has come to terms with Lisa W superstar Austin Aries. WWE wishes Aries the best future endeavors. Uh, before we talk a little bit, Eric, what what's your what's your thing? What's your thought on the news? Um, majority of the departures, yeah, I, I agree with them. But Austin Aries, nah, I don't, no. I don't agree with that. I, I, I'm really surprised. You know, I thought he uh, he brought something different. I mean, it's very entertaining. You know, uh, the and I, I was really shocked, you know. Uh, like we say, uh, Aries officially signed with the WWE in January of 2016 and debuted at NXT on the March 2nd episode. He suffered a large orbital socket injury at the hands of Shinsuke fucking Nakamura during an NXT live event last October, which put him out of action for nearly five months. He reserved on the main roster as a commentator for Cruiserweight matches before making his main roster debut as a Cruiserweight this past March, including his WrestleMania matches in his feud and Neville, which is all good, wasn't it, you know? Oh, yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. Uh, if you were to head to WWE.com today... Yeah, well, that's, that's just that's another oh, right. news. But so we'll finish up on every time I should have made it. Uh, yeah, and like I say, maybe Neville... Uh, the, the latest news now is Aries did ask for his release because maybe he was annoyed that he didn't win the title off Neville... And they said they were going to keep you as a cruiserweight. I think Aries could have been used more as, rather than a cruiserweight as an actual star, don't you? Definitely. Uh, he's, he's certainly got that star factor about him. And uh, as you've seen from NX, uh, TNA where he was before, he done really well. Yeah. And uh, I think we will see Austin Aries back in the GWF, you know. I mean, there's a possibility now. Where else GFW. is he going to go? GFW. Yeah, where else is he well, going to go? Know, he might go Ring of Honor. He might. You know, go to NJPW, anywhere. You know, the yeah. world is his oyster. He's certainly um, a hot asset. He is. He is. You've there, like me. He's got a hot asset. Um, so we move on. And if you were to head to WWE.com today for a time, who knows how long we'll leave it up? You would be greeted with a big news banner promoting a former rival promoter in pro wrestling, none other than former TNA president Dixie Carter. That leads to a story that features this bit explaining why she'll be on. I thought he was a man. Dixie. You thought this <laughs> I always pictured a man looking like Vince McMahon, but... You know, anyway. Maybe it's a woman that looks like Vince yeah. McMahon. I'm going to Google it. Uh, the latest installment of WWE 24 will feature exclusive commentary for many of Angle's closest friends and colleagues, including Mr. McMahon and Dixie Carter, who worked with the Olympic gold medalist from 2006 to 2016. 
And so they went out of their way to mention Carter, who will be on the show because she worked with Angle, but also went out of their way to avoid mentioning where exactly they worked together for an entire decade. I wonder if they mention it on the broadcast. And Dan, you were saying to me, what is the program going to be called now? Uh, what is the program going to be called, James? It's going to be called Kurt Angle Homecoming WWE 24 Series, which is airing straight after Monday Night Raw this Monday. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you about that. Yeah, so some breaking news over this weekend. Dan, what was it? Uh, AJ Styles wins the US title at MSG versus Kevin Owens. Rumour has it there is a match for Battleground. Uh, Rumour has it their match for Battleground has been scrapped. But with KO, the face of America, will it be long until he regains the title? Exactly. Does it take away the whole point of him being the face of America if he's Canadian he hasn't got the US title? You know? Yeah, um, well, I heard... Through the grapevine, he lost it because he got injured at TLC, uh, at the ladder match. Oh, okay. So, you know, that might have... Uh... So Owens might be taking some time off then. So yeah. the feud might be uh, over for the time being. It's a bit of a shame because they uh, never got truly heated up, did it, between these two men? No, and it could have been a very interesting feud between the two. Yeah, but Styles, fair play to him, winning the uh, US title at Madison Square Garden. I bet it was a hell of a pop, wasn't it, you know? Oh, definitely, especially for a live show as well. Yeah, well, <clears throat> on SmackDown, well, <clears throat> I should say, New Japan Pro Wrestling's megastar, Kazuchika Akada, attended both Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live this week and was allowed to stay in the gorilla position throughout the shows. Akada, one of the most gifted professional wrestlers in the world, was shaking hands with everyone before and after they went through the curtain, according to rapper Raheem Jarbo, better known as Mega Ran. Mega Ran attended one of the tapings and even posted a photo with Okada. Watching a legend be that humble and respect, respectful was super inspiring, he said. Adding that he congratulated and wished everyone luck as they made their way in and out. Well, Finn Balor, who knows Okada from his days in Japan, posted a photo on his Instagram with him after his match on Raw and a Rainmaker sported his Balor Club jacket. The 29-year-old year, the star who's the current IG, IWG champion and is also known as the Rainmaker was in the country to be, to be part of the NJPW G1 special in USA shows during the past weekend. And so we move on and John Cena has, <laughs> has made a name for himself around the world for a combination of wrestling, being a movie and television star, and his charity work, notably with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He doesn't make a big deal of it, but he's had the most Make-A-Wishes, you know? Uh, he doesn't like to mention it, no. But I bet none of them have been filled either. No, and that recognition as a stimulus for discussion on an Australian tour. During his Australian tour, John Cena answered a fan question in regards to WWE not acknowledging Chris Benoit which was caught on video. Well, the question itself in reference to W not mentioning Chris Benoit in any content since, context since June 2007, where he reportedly murdered his wife and son before hanging himself two days later. Did You just you wrote this bit down, all right? He did it, oh, okay? No, it, it, he allegedly... Wife and son. <laughs> Where's your mini Chris Benoit, anyway? Um. <laughs> yes, you got it! <laughs> I, need, I need some luck in this week's predictions. No! So I have actually brought... Mini Chris Benoit, who I've just positioned on top of my microphone stand. Oh, God. Well, anybody doesn't know, uh, Dan has got a mini Chris Benoit figure that he has on top of his microphone. He's not had it, like we say, for the past few months. So, will it bring you luck? We shall see. Anyway, replying to the fact, this to say, Dan. Very difficult question, and I'll answer it like this. Oftentimes, we get caught up in a person's ability and their performance, 
and this transcends WWE. This is a problem in sport. It is also a problem in, t- in entertainment. People will do bad things, but if they are good at what they do, sometimes those things are overlooked. I don't believe in that. I believe you should take ownership for your actions, all of them. Not just ones that are performed in front of an audience. I think our company's stance on the entire situation set a precedent for athletes and a precedent for entertaining of taking ownership for your actions. Because, of course, Steve Austin uh, being arrested for beating up his wife or Jimmy Snooker murdering his wife and still being in the WWE Hall of Fame, that is fine. But if it's on, lo- if it's on the big news, then you're not going to be allowed. But I can see the WWE stance. But it is John Cena. Vincent Mann's got his hand right up John Cena, isn't he? And John Cena's actually going... Yeah, exactly. Uh, this clip was taken by an Australian WWE fans page on Facebook. It shows Cena can answer the WWE's questions. The 16-time world champion is scheduled to face Rusev at the upcoming WWE Battleground pay-per-view, as confirmed this past week on SmackDown Live. When John Cena made his highly anticipated return since WrestleMania 33, when he proposed to Nikki Bella after they defeated the Miz and Maurice in an intergender tag team match. It's also been reported that Kurt Angle accidentally dropped Chris Benoit's name this week during an interview. Uh-uh, Kurt. But we move on. Oh, so, sorry. Oh, so, if you want to... No, just... John Cena's made his highly anticipated return since WrestleMania 33. But Brock Lesnar's also not wrestled since WrestleMania 33. Yes, but he's been on Raw. Hasn't he? He's he's shown up on Raw. Only Cena. recently. Yeah, I know, but still, he's 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 just, he, he's still been there. Uh, but anyway, next bit of news, Dan. Uh, while listening to the latest episode of the Edge and Christians Pod of Awesomeness, I couldn't help but appreciate Edge's take on the name of the WWE pay per view event this weekend: Great Balls of Fire. Before we go any further. For how stoked I am for Joe versus Brock, I've got to mention again, this pay-per-view name is just brutal. I mean, come on. It's a great song. I'm a fan of Jerry Lee Lewis. I appreciate everything he did. Dancing on pianos, setting them on fire. He was a trendsetter. He was a groundbreaker. That song was from the 50s. I don't know if it needs to be the name of a pay-per-view. I picture just flaming testicles now when I hear that. And when you see the logo for it, it just like looks like flaming testicles. Well, he did go and say he likes a classic look. They gave the promos with a full dive into the 50s, but it's a show. I'm not sure if we should feel better or worse by the fact it's likely it only exists because it makes Vince McMahon laugh. Anyway, enjoy the flaming testicles this weekend. <laughs> well, injury news. Johnny Gagano may not be able to get revenge against his former tag team partner anytime soon. Pro Wrestling Sheets' Ryan Satin reported Monday that Tommaso Ciampa may be out of action until March 2018. PW Insider reported in May that Ciampa suffered a torn ACL at a live event before NXT TakeOver Chicago on May the 20th. And being someone that's suffered from a torn ACL, I know that is fucking painful and I'm still not over it now no and that was 10 years ago. that was 10 years ago but i didn't do it to you you accidentally did it yourself at takeover champa team with gagano in a ladder match against the authors of pain champa gagano lost and after the match champa attacked his tag team partner on the may 31st edition of nxt champa alluded to his knees injury his knee injury during his explanation for turning his back on gagano the fact that champa and gagano may not be able to renew their rivalry for almost an entire year is less than ideal Especially when WWE has created an atmosphere where it rarely alludes to anything that happened more <coughs> it rarely alludes to anything that happened more than a few months ago 
unless it is CM Punk versus Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, they go back like, yeah, three years. <clears throat> However, Chumper's betrayal will remain fresh in fans' minds when he steps back in a WWE NXT ring again whenever it happens. Should Chumper come back in March, the timing would work out somewhat well since NXT will almost certainly plan for a takeover event in conjunction with WrestleMania 34, which is scheduled for the 8th of April 2018. A March return would allow for Chompa to feud with Gagano in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania weekend. Yes. What happens, it's a bit of a shame because that is a hot angle, but it still should be hot when uh, Chompa does return. Well, long-time, for wrestling, <clears throat> long-time wrestling fan Maria Manous has been active with WWE in a, var- in a variety of capacities, included in the ring since 2009. The popular television, radio and internet personality even had a WrestleMania moment back in 2012, teaming with Kelly Kelly, who Dan likes, to defeat Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres. Since then, she's been a staple of events like Access and the Hall of Fame ceremony, hosting the red carpet and even inducting her friend Bob Buckland in 2013. Well, on July 30th, Manusa now should be stepping down for a full-time job as an anchor for E! News as she continues to undergo treatment for a brain tumour. The diagnosis came back in April, almost unbelievable, while she was helping to care for her mother during her battle stage four brain cancer. And after the AlphaBuzz founder had been experiencing headaches, slurred speech and difficulty reading her teleprompter. Dan, you might have a brain tumour. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um <clears throat> Maria recently underwent a seven-hour surgery, which successfully removed almost all of the golf, golf ball-sized growth, which was found to be benign. Dan, benign, benign, benign be ten. <laughs> the People magazine, her doctor said there's a six to seven percent chance that we will see it come back, but I'll take those odds any day. Well, please join us as we say we wish all the best to Maria and her whole family, especially my other Lita. Uh, here's hoping we'll see Manus back on the red carpet and maybe even the squared circle soon. Well, James, you got, you got something to cheer us up, Dan? Next, I have yes, uh, deaths. <laughs> and uh, Smith Hart has left this world. Yeah, after reports a couple of weeks ago, well, our last WNR one that he was in the hospice, he has sadly passed away, and uh, uh, another Hart family is gone. Uh, and that is how we end the news this week, Dan. What have you thought of the news this month? Um, there's been a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, that's been, isn't there? No, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad, and some of it's controversial, which, you know, we love on the WNR podcast. We do, and it's crazy to think that's just a three-week span of stuff. You know, we've had to do it early, of course, because just of the timing of things. We'll be back with the WWE Network Review again in August, where we're going to look back at everything, even if something comes on after at this cut-off date here in July. We'll go back and look. And we're going to have a lot to catch up on then. But uh, it's not been too bad. So let's move on to something that we do actually can have a laugh about. And that is NXT. So it's NXT update, Dan. And when does NXT update start? Now! Back. 
We might not be seeing Bobby Roode now, Dan, but in two weeks' time, NXT, he will be defending his NXT Championship versus Roderick Strong. How big is that? We're only in NXT Update today. Not only have we got Cassie Sono versus Alistair Black, we have also got the women's title on the line, the NXT Women's Championship, last man, last women standing, and the NXT title, Dan. What a great NXT Update. It's like a mini takeover, isn't it, you know? So, yes, it is episode 398. It's June 20th. And at the start, Tom or Todd Phillips tells us we'll see footage later of the brawl between Bobby Roode and Roderick Strong that WWE's been hyping online all day. But our first match is, Dan? Our first match is Ember Moon going against Peyton Royce. Yeah, and Ember Moon, of course, missed out on takeover due to a shoulder injury. Is she next in line for Oscar's women's title? Going against a woman who has gone up in valuation, in my eyes, since seeing her live. What do you think? Well, since she twanged her minge on the top rope, <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen her in a new light. Yeah, I mean, it has been, you know, and uh, they were entertaining, weren't they? So I've got to, Most definitely, yeah. I've got to give them that, but it's great to see Ember Moon in this match. Of course, we saw a losing effort against Oscar that everybody's been watching on YouTube, but we're focusing on this and the future towards TakeOver now. It's going to be a huge NXT update. We've got a few cracking matches coming up, and in the early going, Ember Moon... Throwing Peyton Royce out of the way. Will we see the clips tonight, Dan? I'm hoping so, yes. We didn't get to see one live, but, you know, just seeing a, seeing her and Oscar both live was good enough anyway. Yeah, it's fantastic. And Billy Kay at ringside, just seeing Peyton Royce being caught with that beautiful uh, handspring forearm. Ember Moon looking to climb up top but getting cut off by Royce. And now what can the Aussie do? Peyton Royce! Hang on. Oh, but she fights off Peyton Royce, but the referee's distracted. Oh, Billy Kay out there, and I'm whipping uh, Ember Moon down. Yeah, hanging Ember Moon up, and that second rope, Peyton Royce taking advantage of that, throwing Ember Moon into the ring post, shoulder first. Was that only a one count, though? One. I think it was. Peyton Royce annoyed by that. Throws her into the ring post for the second time. Hanging Ember Moon up there. And uh, she's still recovering from that shoulder injury she had before. Yeah, and Peyton Royce is targeting that as we go to another. And we're back after the break, and Peyton Royce has got Ember Moon in what looks like a, a horrible submission on that injured Ollie, on that injured shoulder. Well, she's certainly targeting the uh, previously injured shoulder, sh- <coughs> previously, previously injured shoulder of Ember Moon. And Billy Kay rings off saying, great work, Peyton, you keep it up. Punch her in the arm, girl. <laughs> Punch her in the shoulder. <laughs> Dingo at my baby. The iconic duel. Duel? No, the, the iconic duo. Duo. Oh, and Ember now grabbing Peyton Royce's arm, trying to get the submission. Rolls her up. Oh, only getting a two count, though. Two. The dancing ref can't count for three, and Peyton Royce blocks the forearm. It's a back gets a two. Ref can't count for three, and then she hits a forearm. <laughs> oh, oh my god! High five to the face. Royce trying to grab hold of Ember Moon's trunks, but Moon kicking her off. Oh, a lovely springboard crossbody goes for the cover, but only a two count. Two, and now Ember hits Peyton. That backbreaker, and now she's going to try another handspring. Oh no! She gets caught with a spinning heel kick. Peyton's got this. No. And now Peyton's going to try and capitalise on this. 
Oh, Ember moves out of the way. The kick rolls her up again. Two. Oh. Rolls her up, but Royce managing to kick out. Ah, and I think when she got pushed off, landed a bad shoulder, but that's not stopping Ember at the moment. Oh, both women trying to exchange heel kicks, but blocking and outdoing each other, finally resulting in Ember Moon with a nice head scissors takedown. Well, now can Ember capitalise her shoulder and all? She's going to go to the top. Will we see an eclipse? And Billy Kay again. Oh, come on. Come on, Billy Kay pushing Peyton Royce, pulling it, Peyton Royce out of the ring. Oh, crossbody to Billy Kay. And Ember wipes her out and Peyton's going to try and capitalise now. Throws her back into the ring. A friend took a hit in the face for her and Otto. Oh, crucifix takedown for a pin. Oh, Peyton stops it and turns it into a pin of herself. That's impressive. Oh, only getting a two count each though. Two. Two. <laughs> What's Peyton doing? Go up. Oh my God. Plants like... Moon with like a piggyback oh. reverse stunner. But Ember Moon managing to kick out. Ah. She's one tough SOB. Look like a gory buster that. Peyton Royce hit. She's checking on her partner, Billy Kay, but I think she's out of the match at the moment. Runs Not in... that she should have been in the match in the first place. Exactly. And what's Ember doing now? Oh! Using all her momentum to throw Peyton Royce into that second turnbuckle. And I wonder what could happen next. I wonder. Well, we see one of our favourite moves in NXT. We haven't seen it in a while, Dan. Here comes Ember Moon. Yay! Hits the eclipse. <laughs> That we love so much. Nice sell, Peyton. Brilliant sell. And Ember Moon victorious. Victorious! <laughs> she will be there! Yeah, Ember Moon beating Peyton Royce in not a bad match, Dan. What do you think? No, um, Peyton Royce, you know, since she's gone up in her estimation, she looks like she's a completely different wrestler. And, uh, yeah, you know, she's done really well in this match. And it was really entertaining. And Ember Moon gets a victory as she's looking to get a one-on-one match with... Oscar. But after this, Dan? Uh, after this, Hideo, It- Hideo Itami approaches Cassisono while he's stretching backstage. He apologises for shoving him, saying he's frustrated because he hasn't achieved the success here he did in Japan. Ono says he meant it with what he's going through. People expect things of them, and when they don't deliver, Cassisono and Hideo get angry. But they're not done. Cassius is going to get them to. Cassius is going to the ring tonight to prove they have more left in them. Uh, and the next match was Sanity, Eric Young, and Alexander Wolfe, and they defeated the Ely brothers via pinfall, following a leaping net breaker from the middle rope by Young, delivered by Wolfe, held Gabriel up. It was a basic squash match. <clears throat> Highlights of last week's brawl between Nikki Cross and Oscar leads to a reminder of the last women's standing match next week. Yeah, and Sonia Deville hype video means she's up next. Yes, and she's going against Rachel Evers, aka Ellering, via and she beat her via submission with a seated double wrist lock. Yeah, so it looks like they're gonna go forward with Deville. Uh, as we see footage from Bobby Root's photo shoot, the champion is given a photographer advice when Roderick Strong enters with fiance, Marina, and new baby in a stroller. Rude sees them and says, if you keep popping those out, you're going to need that double Y sooner than you fall. <laughs> he also tells Marina to look him up if she wants to get with a real man. At which point, Roddy attacks. They're separated pretty quickly and Rude yells he'll give Strong any time, anywhere. 
We lend her and they'll face off in the title in two weeks. So the main event of our NXT update today will be the glorious one, Bobby Roode, successfully defending his NXT title against Roderick Strong. But right now, we have a, a huge main event in itself because we are seeing Cassie Sono going one-on-one with the undefeated Alistair Black. Dan, this should be a great match, shouldn't it? Yes, and uh, hopefully my guy Black should win. I mean, these two, <laughs> these two have been, you know, successful baby faces. Oh no, of course, it's his second stint in NXT. You know, he didn't beat Bobby Roode, but no one beats Bobby Roode. But um, I'm a fan of him and going against Alistair Black. It's a different type of match we're seeing, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, hopefully, you know, these two guys can deliver because they're both great in-ring performers, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the face-versus-face dynamic. Indeed, yes. Well, especially as the uh, the champion doesn't really show his face on TV much. No, just beating up all the unworthy challengers. But, I mean, who do you think is going to play the hill in this match, Dan? Uh, Black. I don't know. I don't know. Might be in control of some of the match because he's, he's definitely the bigger man in this, you know. So And also got the more experience when it comes to NXT. So I think Cassius might get the job done here. But Black's more the live wire. You know, he's uh, he seems a bit unhinged. Yeah, we we still don't know what to fully expect from him as well, as these two men lock up in the early going. No, no, he does look twice the size of Black in this one. I know he's a big fucker, <laughs> not just height wise, but belly wise as well. You can see why he got fired for not having the right physique first time, man, can't you? Yes, and he's certainly uh, addressed that. Yeah, by putting oh. a t-shirt on. Oh, he tried to crucifix Black, but Black's not going to get caught that easily. But oh no, now taking back the advantage and taking Black to the canvas. His way up. Oh, nips himself up, reverses the uh, pressure on the arm. It's been a, a bit of a stalemate between these two thus far, you know, exchanging uh, arm locks early on. Yeah, a lot of respect. They want to out-wrestle each other rather than taking the shortcuts to get there. Be interesting to see who gets the first major advantage. Major advantage. In this match as well and see who, you know, as they go forward. I think Ono will be looking to just try and show that he belongs, you know, because people might... Say, oh, he's past it. You know, you don't belong in NXT right now. Black, one of these new up-and-comers as well. It's, it's a huge outcome for either one, you know. Like I know, says he's had a lot of setbacks, but he wants to go forward in his career. With Alistair Black, not lost. And we all know Alistair Black, he sits where he wants. <laughs> he shits where he wants. And he, does, and he kicks Ono, and this is going to start the strikes, is it? Ono said, I don't mind. Goes for the big, big black catch them, that's side headlock. What do you think of uh, Alistair Black's tattoos? He's certainly got a lot of them. Uh, the one on his back is probably the most interesting one, the big face. As they rank versus Orton? Um, I don't know. I think they're in a bit of a, a different style to what Orton's got. Uh, you know, his are more gothic-y type where Orton's uh, just skulls on his arms. Yeah. Oh, they went to the outside and Black used the rope to bounce himself back in the middle of the ring and he is sitting... Where he wants in the middle of the ring, asking Ono to come in. And what happened when Bobby Roode tried to uh, approach Black when he was sat in the ring, James? Exactly the same as what happened to Ono. Ono going for the kick, but Black nicked up this time. And now look at these strikes, the forearms and the kicks. Oh, I know, but Black managing to get him off and deliver a few more thunderous blows. Ono with a big elbow after coming off the ropes. There you go, Black. There's your receipt for what you just done there. Uh, so Black got 10 blows in. Ono oh, oh had to do one big shot, as you see, during the commercial break. Ono, oh, no. oh. Thunderous big boot there, sending him onto his ass. And he's been in control 
ever since as he's wearing black down with a kick to the face. Black trying to fight out though, punching uh, Ono in the legs, but to no avail. No. They're, no, they're like tree trunks, aren't they? They are indeed. Snapmare takedown and he's uh, got Alistair Black's arm locked up. It looks like Bane at the moment with that kind of mud face. That's Ono taking all the oxygen away, so making sure he can't breathe. He's going to do a Bane impression. Oh, sorry, I could do my Bane impersonation. <laughs> and what would that sound like, Dan? I, I, I hear you asking me. What would that sound like, James? What is Gotham is burning down? You had my permission today. I've got to work on that a little bit. It's been a long time. Anyway. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> and I don't know, trying to get black down. Back out. Uh. And what's Cassius doing? Cassius Ono, he's sitting where he wants. He's mocking, uh, he's mocking Alistair Black, and I think Black's not happy about that. Oh, and a kick to the back from Black to Ono. And oh no, that is not good, as Alistair Black looks to be in control of this match, but Ono grabbing her leg. <laughs> oh, whipping it downwards, sending it Black face first into the mat, delivers a kick to the face and rolls him up for a two count. Two. I know checking the referee saying, are you sure? And Black's checking with his mouth to make sure the te- tooth is still in place. And now Alistair Black's seated position and Ono's just kicking away at him. And now the chops to Alistair Black, but I think Black likes it. Goes to deliver a right hand, gets caught by Black. Oh! Roll up there, but <laughs> blocked by Ono and then a double foot stomp to the chest. Ono's in trouble now. Well, that is something you don't see on Raw and SmackDown every week. And this is what these two guys can bring to the table. Up to the feet. Oh, no, he seems to enjoy it. And again with the kicks. It's like chopping the big redwood down, Dan, isn't it? Springboard moonsault. Taking out Ono. Now Black's in full control of this. Ooh. Goes for a spinning heel kick. Ducks by Ono, but catches him on the return. Rolls him up for a two count. Two. Can't keep the big man down, but impressive offence by Alistair Black. And, and surely, Dan... Don't call me Shirley. This must be the longest match of Alistair Black's career at this point in time in NXT. Indeed it is, yes. And, you know, it's certainly been a challenge coming from the big Cassius Ono. And now he's doing a Daniel Bryan kicks to Ono's chest. Gets caught. Ono back up to his feet <laughs> and delivers a thunderous <laughs> kick of his own. Knocking back black to the corner. Yeah. Knocking black back to the corner. Well, that's why he's called KO for now. He's going to try and capitalise on this. Just squashing black in the corner. Oh! Black responding with a big kick. <laughs> no, no, responding with one of his own. Knocking black down. One, two. It's over. Oh! Alistair managing to kick out. Ah, black. Oh, no, checking his chin there. That's a great exchange of kicks. I don't know. I I don't know which way this is going to go. I personally, I don't. Oh no! Look at the way he's just picking up Black with the beard. And there you go. That's a nice forearm. How do you like that? Knocking Black down to one knee. Oh no! Looks to finally have some control in this match. It's been back and forth all the way. It's been back and forth. And he's going for the net breaker. Oh, but no. get out of it. Rolls up Oh no! Only getting a two count. Two, and he's not at harm's way, is he? <laughs> no, with a. Uh... Elbows and kicks combo. Knocks Ono down, oh. but only getting a two count himself. Two. What a sick combination that was. I don't know why he's hitting him with everything. Every body part. Knees, kicks, elbows. 
Now Black setting him up. Is he going to try and finish him with the uh, Black Mass? Sounds about right, doesn't it? We wish you a merry Black Mass. And a happy, oh no. Oh no. Oh, and Black trying to Irish whip, oh no. Oh! Cassius managing to flip over the rope, catch himself on the apron, responds with a kick of his own, but oh. straight... <laughs> Walk straight into a kick from Black. Oh! And a step up in Seguri from Ono. Black's a bit woozy. Ono nips back up to his feet. Oh! And a thunderous big boot there from Ono. Rolls up Black. He's got him. Oh! Uh, what a great match it's been. I've really enjoyed it. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> Something different. You don't really see a lot of strikes. You know, it's more moves-based. This feels more like a fucking MMA match. With the but this has certainly been a heavy-hitting match up between the two guys. He is taking the protection off. And Black's in serious trouble now. Black delivering a big kick. And then getting hit with an elbow from Ono. Oh! Ono winding up for the discus elbow, but... Getting caught by Black, but turns him inside out. Plants him in like a inverted suplex. Uh, I've only seen Pete done it, that move, since NXT. But here comes Ono, he's going to finish it now. Oh! Because caught with a kick. One, two... I think that was a black mass kick. Of course, when he did the um, the turn around, he had so much momentum. Only got caught, knocked out. But there we go. Alistair Black sits where he wants. Dan, what do you think of the match? It was a bloody good match. A very hard hitting affair between the two. Uh, and yeah, you know, good to see Alistair Black still keeping his momentum going. Yeah, yeah I'm very, very impressed I was. Uh, I like the strikes. I think it's one of the best matches we've seen in NXT in a very long time. I think they matched up very well. I think they took a lot of punishment. <laughs> and brilliant exchanges. But not often you see a back-and-forth match. And this is what they delivered here. No, like, slow submissions. It was just all strikes. And Most Black definitely. got the job done. And, of course, we know Alistair Black's got a bright future ahead of him. But Cassius saying a fair play to him. He he did great as well, didn't he? And I hope they they both show a big sign of respect between the two of them after the match. Yeah. Oh, Black's sitting down. Oh, no, it's finished. Because he sits where he wants. So we move on and to the next episode of NXT, which is June 28th, episode 399. And how did the show begin, Dan? Uh, the show began with Nigel. Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> Introducing the returning Mauro Ronaldo as the newest NXT announcer. Yeah, and as we've talked about on the new section about Ronaldo coming back, uh, it's, it's good to see him in NXT. Uh, first match, Velveteen Dream. He defeated my man, number three, Ho Ho Lun. Dan? Uh, it was a very basic encounter. Lun has never really got a chance to show what he's got, and tonight was no exception. Dream one with a jackhammer and a top rope elbow, which may be called the Purple Rainmaker. Well, that's what Ronaldo called it anyway. But that might just be hyperbole. Well, Oscar was being driven to the arena and being asked stupid questions. <laughs> Suddenly, Nikki Cross leapt onto the hood of the car and began screaming at the champ. Oscar screamed at her in Japanese. Since the windows were tinted, I wonder how many cars Cross did that to until she got to the right one. Well, probably Nikki Cross, she was just screaming at cars for the fun of it anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, heavy, machinery were, were, heavy Machinery were in William Regal's office yelling at the Authors of Pain. The Authors of Pain were just standing there and staring at them. 
Mr. Regal told them to knock it off and made a title match between AOP and Heavy Machinery for two weeks from now. Regal told Paul Ellering to have his boys well prepared for their match. So we move on to our next match. I mean, sorry, first off, are you excited for Heavy Machinery versus Authors of Pain, Dan? Um, it's going to be a big heavy clash in it, really. Yeah. Um, takeover. Uh, hopefully, they've got plans for Authors of Pain at Takeover. So who else could challenge for them? Do you know what I mean? There's not really There's anybody no else. No challenges for them at all. No. Uh, but we move on to the next match. It's Only Lorking versus Hideo Itami. <clears throat> this was a rematch from three weeks ago. Itami had laid out Lorcan with three go-to-sleeps and was in no hurry to make a cover until Cassius Ono broke it up. Yeah, so we're going to see... Well, only Lorcan. I'll tell you what, right? There's only one only Lorcan. I, I think we're going to have like a new award at the end of the year, like the kind of underdog of the year. Only Lorcan. I'm starting to like him. You know what I mean? Every time I see him, he delivers a good match. Not a bad worker. Let me see what he's going to be like here tonight. The Star Destroyer. And there's only one, only Lorcan. It was a hard-hitting match-up last time. I'll see what happens now. Wow, and Lorcan uh, certainly didn't wait around. Some big chops. Oh. Laying into Hideo Itami. Oh, he hits him with the uppercut as well. And what happened to Itami? His, his nose has been busted. It looks like he's got blood coming from his nose. It might be internal bleeding. But the rest put it on the gloves. Oh, there we go. It's a replay. Fucking <laughs> oh, <laughs> hit him with a thunderous uppercut. <laughs> And it looks like the ref's actually stopping this match. Yeah, you see the blood's on the low. And look at Tatami saying, bring it on. He still wants it. But that nose is, is seriously damaged. Well, it's a bit of a retribution for Only Lorkin. I mean, you know, he, he got a free go to sleeps last week. So, uh, three weeks ago, even. Well, Tatami wants some, but the doctors are saying at the moment. No. You've got to stop the bleeding. So, up next, Dan. <laughs> Next week is Roderick Strong challenging Bobby Roode for the NXT Championship on the 400th episode of NXT. We've got a pay-per-view quality video package to build the match-up. So that will be next week. The glorious one. Bobby Roode on the 400th episode of NXT defends the NXT title. What a huge moment it's going to be for everybody involved. And up next, well, we're going to try again now, Dan, because Itami's coming out here <laughs> to try and fight only Lorcan. The nose has been... Sorted out a little bit. You can see he's got cotton wool bunged up there. Okay. I think it is. Here we go. We're going to start. Oh, and this time, <laughs> it's Hideo Itami busting out of the corner. Oh, my God. Look at these kicks. Completely destroyed only Lorcan. He is not happy. Hangs only Lorcan up on the oh, top rope. Oh, fucking hell. Kick to the face and now he's going up top rope. <laughs> oh, vicious knee to the back of only Lorcan's head. Uh... I think Atami and Oni watched um, Ono and Black from last week. Go, yeah, we could do more on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see some blood. Yeah, and Atami, oh, the ease of the kicks bouncing off Oni Lorkin's body. Oni Lorkin responds with a big back elbow and then a foot foot to the face. I'm going to try and rebust that nose open. Oh, but he gets knocked <laughs> off the top of the uh, turnbuckle there by. Hideo Itami sending him crashing to the wafer thin mats below. Well, I like this as Hideo Itami more than the Hideo Itami that challenged for the NXT title. The kind of attitude that he's got, the cockiness, if it were, you know, I think it's a more exciting 
Atami, and I think there's a brighter future of him in NXT than there would be just a bland baby He face. probably would have beaten Bobby Roode as opposed to this Hideo Atami. Yeah, this Hideo Atami looks really, really cool. And now we're back and only he's trying to uh, exchange shots with Atami. <laughs> Atami there with some slaps, hits, goes for the elbow, but Ooh. gets ducked by Ork- uh, Lorcan. Bounces off the ropes <laughs> a couple of times with some big fun. Oh! What's that, a blockbuster type yeah, it is. And he's got him as he... No! Oh, Hideo Tommy managing to kick out. Ah, but a victory for only Lorcan tonight is huge. It would be a, a great thing to put on his CV that he defeated the guy that created the GTS. You know, Hideo Tommy been around NXT now quite some time. And now only Lorcan with the uppercut on Tommy. The referee saying, no, we've got to check the nose, make sure it's not being busted again. Oh, but Lorcan was caught unaware. Kick to the leg and go for the GTS. No, but only was uh, well scouted for that this time. But then he ran running into the big boot. <laughs> Gets hung up on the top right by Atami. Oh! Ooh, he comes off the top with a big clothesline. No, he's going to go for the pin. Has he got him? No. Oh, oh. Lorkin manages to kick out. Ah. Tami's signaling for the end, but only Lorkin's not having it. Responds with a big forearm, but that's just hyping. Hideo Itami up, who tries to get him up for another GTS, but Lorcan again, wise to it. Oh, no. Oh, did he land a bit funny on his knee? I think he did, and the referee checking now, and only say, no, I'm going to keep fighting, but if it's a serious injury, Lorcan say, no, he's fine. These two have just had no luck, have they? Definitely oh, not. Itami's oh. saying he, he helped you out. He helped you out. help you out. Yeah. Oh, he's helping him up, you see? He's got him up now on his shoulders. Well, trying he's to helped get him up onto his shoulders and delivers a GTS. <laughs> And this time it's just the one, and then he goes for the pin. That is fucking evil. What a time he just did. But impressive. Dan, what do you think of the match? Uh, I thought it was a very hard-hitting, thunderous affair. I actually thought someone was going to get injured. <laughs> and uh, Hideo Itami's still got a bit of blood coming from his nose. But he looks like a killer in this one. And this is the Itayo, Hideo Itami that everybody wants to see. After the match, Itami called Cassisano to the ring. And Atami and Ono went face-to-face when suddenly Nikki Cross ran to the ring and distracted the two men, which led to Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane hitting the ring and laying out Atami and Ono. Wolf cut a promo saying they are ending all these lies and forced friendships with chaos. Wolf was exuberant, which seemed to irk Dane. Wolf said Eric Young was away on his master plan. It should be noted that they had a commercial for the Great Balls of Fire pay for one major error. Major error. They show video of Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman, but the audio of the commercial was for Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe. Dan, they made a boo-boo. They made a boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. Sanity will face Cassie Sano and Hideo Itami in a tag match next week. So now it is time. It is the NXT Women's Champion Oscar... And she's in a last woman standard match for the NXT Championship. Dan, are you looking forward to this? I am, yes. This was set up two weeks ago when Oscar's winning streak ended when her and Nikki Cross went to a no contest in a triple threat elimination match. I know I'm arguing semantics, but she is undefeated even though she lost her winning streak. Yeah, because she's not lost. Well, we are going to see Oscar and Nikki Cross in this match. It's going to be great. Of course, the women made history this week on WWE programming because, Dan, well, we know why. You watched Monday Night Raw, didn't you? Uh, I did indeed, yes. It was a gauntlet match for uh, to determine a new number one contender. 
Um, even though Nia Jax was quite strong throughout it. Yeah, she eliminated four women, didn't she? She eliminated four women, then came across uh, Sasha Banks, who finally stopped her in her tracks and became new number one contender. But that was the main event in SmackDown, James. Yeah, SmackDown, you had the WWE Women's Money in the Bank match, the first ever Money in the Bank match on SmackDown. And this was the one that you pissed you off so much at Money in the Bank with Carmella. She was going against Natalia, Tamina, Beth, Becky Lynch... Charlotte, was it five? Yeah, those five there, Dan. That's who was in the match. And you never guess who won. After all your pissing and moaning, who won the match? Carmella. Carmella. So she is the money in the bank. Women's money in the bank holder. And then we come tonight, and of course, in the main event of NXT, we have Oscar and Nikki Cross, which means the three main TV shows were all main event by women. Is that a good thing, Dan, or not? I think it's a brilliant thing, especially for women's wrestling. You know, and they all deserve their place in the main event as well. Yes, they do indeed. And in this one, Dan, I mean, we're talking about keys to victory because this is a huge match. Uh, what does Nikki Cross, because she's basically the underdog going into it. I think for me, for Nikki Cross, yeah, I am going to go Oscar. But Nikki Cross, she has got the advantage at some points because she's put Oscar uh, in, in situations that no one else has. She can take it to the extreme as they say, and we don't know what she's capable of. We know she's crazy, but she could do anything, Nikki Cross, and she will do anything to be women's champion. She doesn't care. You see her jumping on cars. You see her jumping from heights, being dumped in places. She enjoys it, you know, and uh, it's Oscar there. She's got to bring, if Oscar brings her best game, she will beat Nikki Cross, but in a normal match, but with anything that can happen, God knows what could, you know, in this match, anything could happen. As we see, Oscar's trying to baseball slide outside the ring. Oh, and Nikki Cross <laughs> tying her up in the uh, the advertising on the outside of the eight, on the well, the outside of the ring. And Nikki Cross loves it, you know, going with the forearms, just trying to rip the nose off the face. Yeah, and she likes punishment. We've seen it. She likes it. She responds to it. Oscar will caught up nowhere to go. I'd rather fuck her than fight her, though. Oh, indeed. And now Nikki Cross getting the chairs out. She's got two out, Dan, and now she's getting a third one. She won't be getting a full float. Oh, my God. Sorry, I was wrong. Not five. Like, that's crazy. What is she doing? Number six. We don't know. It's gone to an advert. We might never know. Oscar trying to suplex Nikki into the multiple amount of chairs that she got out. But Nikki managing to reverse it and throw Oscar into the steel ring steps. I do believe she hit that head first as well. She might bust it open there a bit like Itami was earlier. And is that Hulk Hogan in the crowd there, Dan? I spotted him... Well, he's there scouting, maybe seeing if Brooke Hogan can maybe have a few matches NXT as well, you know. They, oh my God, Oscar sending Nikki Cross into those stairs. And Dan, the mats on the outside have little or no protection. Well, what about the steel stairs? They have even less. They are just steel with no covering whatsoever. Exactly. Skin versus steel. Steel's going to win every time. And Oscar just bouncing Nikki Cross's head off the steel stairs, but... I reckon in some perverse way, Nikki Cross might like that a little bit. Yeah, that's five times trying to get the voices out of her head, maybe, Nikki Cross. Because you know she hears voices as well, because she's that crazy. Only Randy Orton hears voices. I hear voices. I hear the French one that always wants to kill you. I like, fucking kill you. Don't listen to the voices in my head now. Gosh, no. And Oscar now going to take out the trash, is she? She's got the can. Oh, straight to the midsection. And then she dumps <laughs> the bin over Nikki's head. Oh, oh! Some brutal kicks, <laughs> certainly ringing Nikki's bell. And you can see the indentation of the trash can with the force of those kicks. 
Nicky's head is stuck in the middle of that. <laughs> and Oscar going to the top. <laughs> oh, missile drop kick off the bin over Nicky's head. And I think she's telling the referee to count that bitch out. Oh, Oscar does in- look like she's enjoying herself. Ten. Your fans aren't exactly uh... on their feet. No, they're not getting into this. Nicky Cross got to her feet, but Oscar with her knees did a beautiful kicks as well. I tell you, Dan, she has got the best kicks of any man or woman in WWE NXT right now. And now Oscar's getting some chairs of her own. Oh, oh but... Tried to slide one in, but Nikki Cross was there to greet her. Oh. And a bit of a tug-of-war match between the two. Nikki let go. Oscar went back first into the barricade. <laughs> but as Nikki came off the apron, she got caught with a GTS. This is GTS to say. <laughs> be out. The referee's up to... Ten. Three. And Oscar just carries on putting chairs into the ring. As the NXT made an agreement with a chair company to try and feature as many chairs as possible. Who's the chairman of NXT? Well, there must be over a dozen chairs now. Oscar sending a Nikki cross into the apron. And gets her on the edge of the ring. Oh. The Nikki cross, head back to the midsection. Oscar responds by some furious forearms. Yeah, but then Nikki grabs Oscar. She's got him in the apron. Oh. oh. Reverse DDT onto the apron there. You can see how much the women are sweating as well. And they're setting up the chairs and look at the forearms to Oscar. And now Oscar on those chairs. Nikki getting to the top. But Oscar back to her feet before Nikki could make her way to the top rope. Oh, but Cross managing to fight off Oscar. <laughs> but then Oscar delivers a spinning heel kick. And then stuns Nikki Cross. Uh-oh. Nikki trouble. Oh. oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> Takes her over and Nikki lands on that mountain of chairs. And Oscar loving it, but Nikki, oh! oh! With a back body drop of her own, sending Oscar onto the chairs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that's what they do here in NXT. It has been a gruelling couple of weeks, hasn't it? The matches we've seen have been vicious. Most definitely. Busted open noses. <laughs> Last women's standing matches, and that's just this episode. Yeah. And don't forget next week, Dan, we've got Bobby Roode's glorious uh, title uh, defence. It is going to be the biggest episode of NXT ever. And look at this as we come back. Oscar kicking the, Oscar kicking Cross in the chest. And Cross is just laughing at her. Yeah, she likes it. Well, she's got, laughing anymore. She's got oh, a little yeah, bit she is. A little bit of a protection there. Oh, goes for a back elbow, but Cross catching her arm. Oh, Taking Oscar down. And now both women have got that fucking devious smile on their face. They're both yeah. crazy bitches. They're both going to kill each other. Oscar trying to hit the kick. Oh. But Cross going low to the midsection. Swinging. Oh, no. Swinging uh, suplex trying to hit Oscar. Oscar reverses but can't stop the punches to the face. King. It's like a swinging net breaker there taking Oscar crashing to the mat. <laughs> and Nikki Cross is just lying there laughing at her. And taunting her. I mean, we talk about rookies of the year, you know. I know she's no rookie, but Nikki Cross has been brilliant since coming in NXT. She's adapted it. We talk about all the sanity members. She's the one who's adapted it quicker. I, I mean, she's a little star. And she's doing it at the moment. Well, <laughs> we, fifth. We talked about the net breaker, yeah. Five times. Five times swinging net breaker. Give me that fucking championship, you cunt, yeah. Now she's got the title. Oscar is in serious trouble. Oh, oh, but Oscar manages to kick Nikki as she was running in with the title in her hands. Well, is that the closest Nikki Cross is going to get? 
She's longing for the title, but Oscar's saying, no! Oh! Spinning heel kick to the head, knocking Cross down. Knocking Cross out, and, well, I don't know which way it's going to go. Nikki Cross down at the moment. But certainly not out. Thank you, Dan. Oscar, <laughs> it's an excellent point, as she's trying to recover, but can she beat the count? Can she beat Oscar? Well, to beat the count, Dan, you've got to beat the count. <laughs> but to beat the count, James, you've got to beat the count. Exactly, but can Oscar... Oh, did Nikki Cross... She Su- lured Oscar in and, yeah, sidestepped her, sending her to the apron. Oscar fighting back, and now what she's looking at? Looking at the... No. Not the chairs that are set up outside. She's trying to drag Cross out of the ring. Try suplex her, Nikki. No, hanging on. Cross hanging on for dear life. Nikki Cross goes under Oscar's legs. Oscar's in trouble. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Did you see her head bounce off? Yeah. <laughs> and look at Nikki, she loves it. That's it, Oscar's done. That was a sickening bump. And you said Oscar was going to win this. It might be Nikki Cross's title. She's back to her feet. She's laying there. She's... Hey. Now look at the look of disbelief of Nikki Cross. Oscar manages to get up. She is a fucking... She's Terminator. That's all it is. She's Terminator. You can't survive that and get back up. Oh, she's trying to German suplex her off the stage. Nikki Cross goes flying off the stage. Oscar's screaming now. <laughs> oh, the butt bump from the stage. I think Nikki smashed her face off that concrete floor. Then she got her face smashed by Oscar's ass. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad place to be. But not bad, but... Cross managing to make her way to her feet, is she? Yeah, yes. just about stumbling near the announce tables. You see the new announce team of... Oh, Oscar goes for a kick. Cross ducked it and Oscar looks like she hit a light. The light remains standing, but Oscar's down on her ass. And we see Mario Ronaldo there and also Nigel McGuinness. You don't have to. Thanks. And we see Nikki Cross suplexing Oscar right on the concrete there, right in front of the announce table. Referee's counting. This might be it. Oscar's up to her feet and fists up, ready for a fight again. Nothing can keep this woman down. I can't believe it. Here comes Nikki Cross. Fucking hell. Big back elbow there. (laughs) Oh. Cross comes back with a ladder to the midsection of Oscar. So there's a ladder, there's a table, and we've seen chairs in this last man standing match. Woman. Last woman standing match. And she's fiddling about. With the furniture now, Oscar's in all sorts of trouble. This is the worst she's ever looked in NXT. She is severely in trouble. She's going to lose her NXT championship. She can't pull something out of that magical Oscar undefeated bag. Nikki looks fresh. She looks happy. She She looks like she's in her element. I've seen men go through this kind of fucking trouble and (laughs) still come, you know, still give up quicker. Nikki Cross likes it as you're setting up the ladder. Well, this (laughs) this is not good. Have you any, ever seen anything like this in a women's match, Dan? I can't say I have, no. <laughs> they're, they're, they are breaking ground here tonight, aren't they? They are covering new territory. 
Could this finally be the end of Oscar? Uh, Oscar set up at a table getting pounded on. Look at Nikki Cross. Look at the violence. It's just sickening sometimes. <laughs> she smiles her. after. Here she goes. And Oscar desperately grabbing hold of Nikki Cross's leg. But gets kicked at the same time. And Oscar shaking her head saying, no, I'm not going down like that. Nikki Cross is still <laughs> climbing the ladder. I don't know what she's hoping to achieve by well, climbing the ladder. I think the commentators realise they're in a serious little bit of trouble there. So <laughs> Mario, running. Mario, Nigel McGuinness has got her harm's way. And Nikki Cross on top of the ladder. No, she's not. The announce table there. Oh! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fucking hell. And a superplex off the ladder sends Cross and Oscar through the announce table. But the impact. Look at Oscar broke her spine on the announce table. Oh, my God. Unbelievable move there. And the referee's counting, but I don't think either woman. But Oscar's stirring. Oscar's up. Oh, Cross is out. But I think Cross is laughing and smiling. <laughs> well, count of ten, Oscar got to her feet. Uh, Oscar deserves, you know, managing That's... to get up twice at a nine count after being power bombed through the stack of chairs. <laughs> and, yeah. I have never seen a finish look so devastating. The whole setup of that as well, the way even the papers exploded. And, like you said, Nikki's got a smile on her face. Nothing, I mean, even in defeat, you can't take anything away from Nikki Cross, can you? She's still a crazy bitch, even though she lost. Uh, uh, what a great match. What a great match. And Oscar, unable to stand herself using the referee's support, hand raised in victory. And as far as women's matches goes, that is probably the most hellacious match I've seen between two women. I, I've got to say, I mean, I know it's early, but match of the year's candidates, I think, this is going to get a mention because this is unbelievable. Like you say, talking before with Money in the Bank about the women taking the bumps in a ladder match. That was... They, they, they <laughs> took no bumps compared to this match. <laughs> it, this is the sickest... I mean, this is just... Like you say, yeah, men haven't taken these type of bumps. I mean, what... <clears throat> yeah. Oscar and Nikki Cross done in here. Oh, my God. And Oscar, the definition of a true NXT champion, defending her title whenever, wherever... And, you know, coming against all comers. Her victories may have been a bit devious, but you can't take this one away from her and you can't no. take anything away from Nikki Cross. No, you can't. And hopefully we're going to see a couple of replays now. Here you go. This is the replay of the powerbomb where she hits the back of her head. Oh, a head hit right on that steel ramp. And there we go. This is the end of it now. Look at Oscar bouncing off. Jesus Christ. That is unbelievable. Fucking hell. Oscar doesn't have to do that, you know? <clears throat> she's been champion. She's the longest reigning WWE champion, NXT champion in history, and yet she's pulling out these top performances as well. I just hope, Dan, she doesn't go up to SmackDown and Raw and then they fucking ruin the character. Do you know what I mean? Because this Oscar here, this is something special. I'd like to see Oscar <laughs> relinquish that title and just say, look, there's no competitors... I'll leave it here. I'm going up to SmackDown because she was to be moving up. I think she made a couple of appearances on SmackDown. Yeah, she's she actually been working the SmackDown uh, house shows. Yeah, getting the victories piling up there as well. So it is a possibility, and, and I think that would be best. I think they are working towards the Ember Moon Oscar match, as we see there. Like Oscar and Nikki Cross have that look at each other, a kind of look, new respect, newfound oh, respect. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and 
you know, we've said all along that Ember Moon's her greatest competitor, but you can't fucking write Nikki Cross out. No, you really can't. And I think if you compare 205 to NXT, well, the past two episodes that we've seen, uh, NXT's kind of blown out of the water, isn't it, you know? Most definitely, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we move on to Bobby Roode's glorious NXT title defence. Oh, Dan, here we go. It is NXT. It's episode 400, the biggest episode in NXT history, you know? And do you know why it is, Dan? Do you know why? Why, James? Because the glorious NXT champion, Bobby Roode, defends his title in the main event here tonight. And we open up with a preview video of uh, my Bobby Roode versus Roderick Strong. And that will be our title main event. Sorry, I just got bored of Bobby Roode there. Well, we're going to have the entire match. Is this his ma- first defence since the NXT event? Yeah, since May, yeah. So a couple of months. Come on. So it's more often than Brock Lesnar. Exactly, more often than Brock Lesnar. And we see future Roderick Strong arriving at the full sale with his fiance. Young, his fiance is a young child. What? <laughs> no, with his fiance, other family members, and they are going to be really upset tonight. But we're going to move on to our first match, Dan, which is. Well, we start off the action with Cassius Ono and Hideo Itami versus Sanity, uh, Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane. Yes, Big Dane is going to be put in a situation here tonight. Going to have a lock up. We see Cassius Ono a couple of weeks ago losing to Alistair Black in a really hard-hitting match. And, of course, Hideo Itami, as you, as you were wearing your Alistair Black T-shirt. Alistair Black T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and Alistair Black, of course, yeah, beating Cassius Ono. Itami beating up only Lorcan last week in a, in a really good couple of matches, actually, between the uh, two. Very brutal couple of matches, which we see Hideo Itami get his nose busted wide open. But, of course, Santi coming out afterwards and attacking Itami and Ono. And these two have had a good friendship, maybe getting their frustration right out now on Alexander Wolf. And Itami, you liking Itami, this kind of new look he's got him? I do like Itami, yeah. You know, I've, I've liked Itami for a while. And if anyone can replace Nakamura in NXT, I think Itami's the man to do it. <laughs> Why would he be replacing Nakamura for? <laughs> because... It's, it's his style, you know. He, he's not too far off the Nakamura kind of style, and I like his GTS. Yeah, no, of course, the originator of the GTS, probably one of the most dangerous finishing moves ever, as uh, Alexander Wolfe versus Yarish Whip on Itami. But Itami catches him with a boot to the face. Oh. Hangs him up on the top rope in a very unique fashion. Killian Dane comes to stick his nose in, but he gets a big boot, which gives. Wolf the time to recover and hang Itami up on the top rope and now he tags in the big man Killian Dane. Big man. So we're back from the break. Itami, ooh. Oh, big splash in the corner for Itami and Itami definitely needs to get a, tra- uh, a tag to Cassius Ono. But the thing is now with the tag team division, you know we've, you know we've got Authors of Pain versus Heavy Machine coming up next week. Does the winner of this match maybe, be, you know, become number one contender or has a good case to say they deserve a chance you know oh they certainly do yes um i'm thinking it's gonna be i, I don't know i've i'm not too keen on throwing together tag teams but cassia sono and hideo tami i think this is the best move for them too yeah i to form a bit of a bond and you know try and at least challenge for the tag team titles they seem like legitimate winners yes for and- it as well 
they're both, uh, obviously, they're not ready for the NXT title, especially when you've got a champion like Bobby Roode, who's beaten both of the men. But it's the best thing for them to do, isn't it? You know, to get into the tag team division. Because at the moment, you can't really list more than four tag teams in NXT at the moment. I think that needs to be addressed in, in the future, you know, because Officer Payne being the, the dominant champions they are, Oscar being the dominant champion she is, Bobby Roode at the moment beating everybody, it might change. You know what I mean? It's it's all the same, isn't it? You need something changed up maybe a little bit. But I still have been, I think it's been great the past couple of weeks NXT. The Oscar-Nicky uh, Cross match alone was worth price of admission, wasn't it? <laughs> Definitely. But don't you think with the NXT Championship, it kind of, this, this you know, this kind of year it's it's been a bit different because normally it's just two men going at it for the whole yeah, year yeah, yeah. but now it's you know just one man off a few advances and you know it's it's been quite quiet around the nxt men's championship and there's been more highlight on the women's championship yeah i think that i think that's true as well but when you have got such a dominant champion as bobby Roode, those things happen dan you know anyway back to the match and we can argue about bobby Roode later on in the main event Dan. we're gonna have loads of time back to the match very interesting there alexander wolf uh distracted owner on the outside and when uh Tommy went for the tag no one was there so he kind of thought maybe ono wasn't didn't have his back in the match and sanity they work well as a team anyway dan didn't they they do, yeah, and I think they should be more dominating than they actually are, to be honest. At the moment in the match, it looked like they had the advantage, but Tommy, one-man band. <laughs> Northern like suplex there. Can he get Wolf? No. Oh, manages to get to the rope and break up the free count. He doesn't. Oh, no, wants a tag. But Tommy's like, well, you went there for me, so Sodja, I'm on a little roll now. I can beat him myself. What's he going to do? Suplex? Oh! Oh, lovely variation of suplex goes for the cover, but Dane with a running sent on takes out Itami. Ono's in to help his partner out. Who's going to win this battle of strength? Oh, oh well, it looks like Ono's won it with a big boot, sending Dane to the outside. See, now Cassie's saying to Itami, Come, what's the problem, man? Just a tag. Easy enough. And uh, <laughs> straight to the referee, just saying, Get in your corner. Oh, now big boot to Ono's head, sends him off the mat, uh, off the ring apron. I weren't paying attention, but Tommy with a combination. Oh. oh, big running kick there. Takes Dane off his feet. Young sent all the way back to the corner. Now up for the GTS. Oh, but a blind tag in from Dane. But Tommy <laughs> didn't see it. Yes. Oh. oh, and now he sees the big Dane <laughs> with a flying crossbody. Oh, shit. <laughs> And that finished off Itami. <laughs> That's like an automobile crash. You know in the films when you see the car taken out by the, the bus. That's oh. what it was. Uh, well, Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was quite an interesting match. Uh, I think it started a bit of heat between Itami and Ono. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. And Sanity have finally got a victory. Well, they look happy about that victory and uh, fair play to them. Like I say, not a bad way to start off episode 400. But uh, up next... Well, we go to the Performance Centre where the media is interviewing Ember Moon. And she talks about the ultimate goal being Oscar and the championship. Ruby Riot interrupts and says that Moon had her shot, but she still has, but she has still yet to get one. Ember seems fine... Ember seems to be fine taking her out on her way to Oscar. And then we see footage of last week's last woman standing match for the NXT Women's Championship in which Oscar retained her title after a huge spot off a ladder 
through the table to keep Cross down for the 10 count. Oscar's been on social media lately saying there's no worthy opponents for her on NXT and that she'll return when there is one. Well, when this popped up in the old timeline this morning, I wondered if this was just the latest bit of trash talk from one of the longest reigning champions in WWE history or the start of something more. And uh, a follow-up story on WWE.com was seemed to confirm the latter. It appears there may be some time before Oscar is back on WWE Network Wednesday night staple, unless, of course, soon makes herself known. Uh, who will be the next person to de- try? And, who will be the next person to try to dethrone Oscar? And how long will it take to find a challenger that can meet Oscar's expectations? Yeah, well, one interest, well, a couple of interesting things about it. It seems Oscar's had to go Nikki Cross through Nikki Cross to get to takeover. Looks like Ember Moon's going to have to go through Ruby Riot to get a takeover as well. So when we saw both debut, they actually there as like challenges before we get to the big payoff. This creates some really interesting possibilities, Dan. Signs have pointed to a showdown between the Empress of Tomorrow and Ember Moon for a while now. Oscar did need to bend the rules to defeat the Master of the Eclipse in Orlando and made a point of removing her from the picture heading into Chicago. But if WWE wanted to call an audible and debut someone new as her next challenge, this would be it. Perhaps someone from the upcoming field of the May Young Classic? Or what if the move is to promote Oscar while she's still undefeated and use the upcoming tournament as a way to crown a new NXT women's title holder? A lot of possibilities, all because no one is ready for Oscar. Well, backstage interview with Drew McIntyre and he looks forward to tonight's title match but wants to join the lineage of NXT champions who have set the world on fire and went on to lead the industry. Can I ask you a question, sorry, just regarding to the Oscar title? Who was the champion before? Uh, She beat Bailey. It's only because I I got the predictions wrong. The the, the women in NXT have done better than the men. I I would argue. I mean, people say the Wyatts in it, but they weren't there long enough to actually have an effect. But we're not talking about that now. Talking about Drew... Anyway, so yeah, he wants to lead the industry. Well, there's a recap of the Ciampa Gagano saga from NXT TakeOver Chicago. Announced that Johnny Gagano will return to NXT next week. Yeah, so it'd be good to see Johnny in his take on what Ciampa did to him. Then we see Kayla Braxton. She's interviewing the iconic duo, Billy Kay and Payne Rice, who look a bit somber. Hmm. They talk about their transgressions lately. There's some yelling in the background, which ends up being Andre Almas and Thea Trinidad. They walk up, they walk away, and Almas calls her loca. Crazy. Yeah. Footage of Bianca Belair's qualifier match for the May Young Classic, where she deleted Numph. <laughs> she deleted Numph. She delete, delete, <laughs> delete, delete. delete. She defeated Aaliyah. Well, then we see recap of the Strong versus Rude feud, including footage from Rude's vignettes and the promos leading up to tonight's match, which is up next. So, yes, up next, it is Roger Strong versus Bobby Roode for the XE title, a match we've been waiting for for a couple of months now. And we see Strong backstage, and he's short-spoken when interviewed before his entrance. While Rude says Strong has been living these last few weeks. Rude says Strong is about to face his reality on the opposite side of the ring, which is glorious. Speaking of which, I get one a month, now it's time. Just think, the last time we saw a glorious entrance, Dan, we were live for it, eh? Times are changing. Glorious! No, I won't give in, I won't give in! 
is the face of NXT, Dan. There is Mr. NXT, your undisputed, undefeated number one guy in the company, the NXT champion, Bobby Roode. And he is here tonight to teach Roderick Strong a lesson. Strong is saying Roode's not ready. You're saying to me he can't defend the title. You wait until tonight. Bobby Roode's going to prove everybody wrong yet again. My man is going to come through for me yet again. Dan, what do you have to say about this match? If they do it like they should do it, he'd he definitely easily win. Oh, uh, so you're going to say, Bobby Roode is going to lose. Well, do you know, you don't like Bobby Roode. I know that. And you, you never love liked him. And you've always discredited him. And yet, Bobby Roode has gone there, successfully defending his title, successfully going through. We've got SummerSlam coming up, Brooklyn NXT Brooklyn 3, where Roode will successfully defend his title again, and then we'll move on to November, successfully defend it. And when will you understand? He's like Oscar, right? That he just can't be beaten, Dan. There is no one that can beat... There is no one that can beat Bobby Roode. And I know you're saying Roderick Strong's going to do it. You're wrong. So what's Strong have to do if he wants to beat Bobby, then? He just has to carry on. Wrestling the way he has been. Remember that he's not only doing it for himself, he's doing it for everyone in the NXT community that wants to see Bobby Roode, boring Bobby, dethroned. It's not about that at all. Roode is untouchable in the division. I'm not going to discredit Roderick Strong, though, because he has been on a hell of a roll recent times. You know, beating Eric Young at TakeOver like he did. He's not, been, he's not lost now for a few months. You know, gained some momentum, some. But when you're going against the very best... Dan, that's when you're going to have trouble. And, and Bobby Roode, all he has to do in this match, really, is do what he's doing now. Look, out-wrestling Roderick Strong. Just wrestling, just wrestling circles around him. Wrestling circles around any man who gets in the ring. And do you know why, Dan? Do you know why? Why? Because, Dan, because he is glorious. Oh. And we've seen what happens when he showboats in the middle of the ring. He gets kicked. We saw it live when he got kicked by <laughs> Alistair Black in the chest when he was on the losing side of that match. That doesn't matter. The title was not on the line. He didn't get pinned anyway in that match. It was your man, Cien, who did. He got pinned. Cien did, yeah. yeah. Bobby Roode did not. And he might have just been kicked in the face there. Might have lost a tooth. But he still kicked. Oh. And now he's gone to the outside. Because he's a champion. He's clever. Oh, okay. Stop doing that, Bob. He's just trying to escape from the beating that he's going to get from Roderick Strong. Strong throws him back into the ring where he's got nowhere to escape. And uh, he doesn't need anywhere to escape with Bobby Roode just wearing down Roderick Strong now. The big, strong forearms to the back. The kicks. Oh, look at Bobby Roode go for leapfrog. Oh, no. Oh, he gets caught by Roderick Strong and that lovely backbreaker. And I mean, Roderick Strong is the master of the backbreaker. He is. But Roode's got to try and avoid that. And he does get out of the ring. You see, powers out of the he's ring. Not, he's shown experience. He's folded clever. up in pain. Ah, oh, he's he's clever. He's smart. That's what he does. You know, I'm sure Jinder Mahal has watched Bobby Roode's matches, how to defend the title, like you know, and learning stuff. Roode's there to help everybody. You know, he's not just my champion, Dan. If you accept Bobby Roode into your life, then you can have the great experiences that we do. You know, we're back after the break. Look at Roode just beating up on Roderick Strong. Second rope now. Oh. Taking a page out of John Cena's book there. <laughs> Bobby Roode wrote that book and he hits the buff blockbuster off the top and he's going to go. Doesn't need to pin him because he's wearing him down. Kick to the midsection. Roode knows what he's doing. And Roode's just in such great shape. Wow, well, you need to be in good shape to deliver a couple of kicks. 
Well, devastating kicks from the glorious one. Look at that. <clears throat> Look at that. Throwing him head first into the turnbuckle. Oh, holding that injured back, though. A couple more backbreakers from Roderick Strong. I don't think he's going to be able to keep that title within his sweaty palms. No, I, I have never been worried once about Rude losing his title. All right? Never once. You go back and listen. Never once have I panicked. All right. <laughs> And I won't tonight, Dan. I won't in this match because Rude is in control and he's going to suplex him. Oh, no, but Strong manages to block it. <laughs> he's going to suplex him. No, he blocks it again. Bobby delivers a couple of blows to the back of Strong. He's got him. Oh, oh. no, Bobby uh, Roderick Strong with a backslide oh. and with the backbreaker. No, no, quick, get out, get out of there. Oh. Rolling out of the ring again. <sighs> well, I mean, he wasn't in trouble, but he just made sure at harm's way he'll be fine now if he gets his breath back because he's a clever champ you looks see. like Roddy Strong oh. oh baseball slide through the second rope sending Bobby Roode halfway up the entrance way ramp come on ref get him in now this is not a no DQ falls count anywhere come on he's beating him on the outside this is this is not a championship he's going to beat him all around that arena championship ring oh my god right in front of Roderick Strong's family as well what kind of message is that Roderick huh Genius, pure genius. Rude led him to the bit in the ring that he wanted to go with a staring post. Takes advantage. Yes. And Roderick Strong there in a very uncomfortable position gets kicked uh, with his leg in between the steel steps and the ring post. Yeah, now, yeah, what you what's your wife and daughter going to do now, huh? Uh, what's your mum going to do now? Is she going to help you? No, look at Bobby Rude. Right, how come they're allowed to stand up? Yeah, everyone else has to sit down there. Look how clever Bobby Roode is, just working on that leg, just wearing Roderick Strong down. Can't hit any backbreakers on the canvas, can he? And I know you say Bobby Roode's boring, he's methodical. There was no better experience than watching Bobby Roode successfully defending his NXT Championship, Dan. And that's what we're going to have tonight. I mean, Strong, fair play, son. You've been all right the past couple of months, but now, like I say... Yeah, champion, and anybody in the future going up back Bobby Roode, I'll say the same thing. Right? No one is on Bobby Roode's level at this moment. In Do you time. know what? I'd rather watch a tag team match of Fandango and Tyler Breeze going against Enzo and Big Cass. You know, sometimes you can really hurt my feelings. I had to watch nine hours of Randy Orton stuff. Right, and nearly slipped up. Nearly had me walking out of this yeah, fucking room. Yeah, did I? Which is coming up in a couple of weeks' time, you know? The entertaining man in that ring is the dancing referee. <laughs> no, it's not. It's your reigning, defending NXT champion who slowly, methodically, is just wasting that left leg away from Just because you've body. got long hair and a fucking ponytail, it doesn't make you pull fucking Heyman, all right? And he's not Mine your problem. Mine! <laughs> Roger Strong doesn't need Paul Heyman in his corner because that's how good he is. Look at him shouting in Roger Strong's face. You're not on the level. You're not NXT Championship worth. Bobby Roode there tried going to the world one too many times but gets punched in the face by Roderick Strong. Yeah, but look at Roode now, just working a leg. And now Roderick Strong elbowing him in the back of the head. Yeah, but the leg hurts too much, doesn't it? You know, and that's what Roode does, clubbing blow. And now Roode got him up. Oh, Strong with a backslide, goes for the cover, one, no, no, two, no, no, go, oh, oh, nearly had a new NXT yes. champion. Now, but we did, Rude knew, so he made sure to put Roderick Strong down on the canvas with that huge clothesline there. Fair play, Bobby Rude. I wasn't panicked or worried, look at Rude checking himself, 
You know why I wasn't panicked or anything like that, Dan? Because Robbie Roode is glorious. Bobby Roode now working on the leg. He's going to rip that leg off and hit Roderick Strong's family members over the head with it. That's what Bobby Roode can do. But he's not. <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> Tap out, Roderick. Tap out. You've only got one way this is going to go. Oh. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think I see one of Bobby Roode's teeth go flying out there. Thunderous kick to Bobby Roode's smug face as he's trying to tear Roderick Strong's leg off. <laughs> Roderick Strong can't do anything. doesn't matter. Rude's just checking his face, making sure he's all right, getting his head together, right back to the attack. Oh, but Strong was just playing a bit of possum there. Hello, possums! And he drags Bobby Rude face first into the second turnbuckle. Yeah, Rude will be all right. He's just, oh, get his bearings. Go on. That's it. Beat him to the punch there. He's fine. Oh. oh, but I think Rude's still seeing stars. No, there you go. Rude knocks him down. He'll be all right. Oh. No, Roderick Strong replying. Oh. Three right hands. Come on, Rude. That's it. Reverse the Irish whip. Well played, son. <gasps> oh, gets taken out by a clothesline. Oh, come on, Roddy Strong. Oh, no, he's been right. Get up fast enough. Oh, shit. Oh, another clothesline <laughs> and an elbow to the head. That's it. Reverse the other Irish whip. You'll be fine. Uh-oh. Oh, holds on. Rude runs into the boot and a oh, no. lovely step up in Seguri. Oh, no. They get him up. Angle oh. slam. Come oh, on, Roddy. Come on, Rude. Stop getting up. Watch get out. Get some life into your leg. This could be it. Oh, oh but runs into an elbow. Fair play, Bobby. Uh, now his second rope. He's going to hit the DDT, maybe. Oh, my God. Oh. Devastating backbreaker. Could this be it? One. No. Two. No. Yeah. No. Two. Fine. He had it. He was fine. Shoulder up. Plenty of time. Come on, Bobby. Come on, Rootstar. Come on, Rodstar. <laughs> no, no, not like this, Rude. Come on, kick him in the balls. Get disqualified. Do something. That's it. Chop block to the back of Roddy Strong's leg. You see, Rude just knows what he does. He's got his plan A. He's got his plan A. He's got his plan. He's from Canada. He's got his plan B. He's got his plan C. And now he's going back to working on that leg and looking at Roderick Strong's family members as he tears that leg apart. Oh, he's looking to hyperextend his kneecap. Oh no! Roderick Strong with a kick off. Oh, oh, and a roll up there, but only gets a two count. Two. Oh my word! Look at that. Better than anybody else's. Rude puts him away. Oh. Roderick Strong managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Too close there. Come on, Rude. Finish him off now. Roderick Strong. Easy pickings. If I don't care about your ugly wife and your ugly children, Strong, all right? Rude's going to put you away. And that, ladies and gentlemen, James sees kids in a sexual fashion. He does indeed, like niggers. Because Rude is glorious. Tea time. Strong is down. Oh, no. Strong reverses it. Oh. oh! No! Three, two! No! Four. Oh, Unlucky Roddy Strong. Oh my god, I don't even know what that move was called, but that was uh, that was close there, but Rude managing to kick out. Oh. Now he's just uh, taking his time on the apron there, getting his breath back. That old great champions, he's not in trouble. Brilliant by Rude, pulling Strong over to the ring post. Gonna make him pay. You're gonna pay. 
You're going to pay. You're going to pay. Dan, there's no forgiveness this time, all right? That leg wrapping around the ring post. Legs shouldn't bend that way, surely. Don't call me Shirley and Bobby Roode in complete control again. Let's go, Roderick. Let's go. Bobby Roode not going going to the top. Oh! oh and you see why he doesn't go to the top that often. He gets met with a kick from Roderick Strong. Come on, son. Finish him off from the top rope. And he's trapped a little bit here now on the second. Oh, my God. Fucking hell! Plants Bobby Roode there back <laughs> first on the top turnbuckle. I've never seen that move before in my life. He just tried to end Bobby Roode's career then. He tried folding the man in half. And Roode to the outside and and just just maybe now at just a tiny bit of trouble. Come on, Roode. One, two. Oh! If... Bobby Roode had landed inside the ring. I think this match would have been over. I cannot confirm or deny, but the facts are Bobby Roode fell on the outside of the ring, so he's still our NXT champion and lulling Roderick Strong into a full sense of security. So he let himself be picked up for the suplex. Yes! Oh, but Roderick Strong, I think his knee gave way there. Well, a knee by Bobby Roode as well on the top of Roderick Strong's head. Now, look at these huge right hands. Oh, my God. Very strong response in kind, though, with a lovely combination of his own. Oh, oh. Oh, nearly takes out the ref. Oh, big knee, but rude, glorious DDT. That moment of hesitation may have cost him the match. It did, as there we go. Bobby Roode retains. Oh, no. Roderick Strong kicks out. What? No, 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 no. Uh. No. What the? Roddy, Roddy, no, Roddy. no. Not like this. Well, not like this. Come on, Rude. Rude can't believe. I, I, I don't know of a man who was kicked out uh. of that glorious DDT apart from Hideo Itami, Shinsuke Nakamura in the past six months, Dan. I don't know of any Caucasian people that have kicked out of Roger it. Strong is the first white man to kick out of the glorious DDT, Dan. And that is saying something here tonight. And Bobby Roode pointing at Roger Strong's wife, saying this is what I do after I do to Roger Isn't it Strong. the first white man he's actually faced for the title? No, Cassisono. Oh. But then again, he's got so much hair, you can't really tell sometimes, can you? No, he looks more like a caveman. Yeah, plus he's teaming up with a Tommy, so that's just going to confuse everybody. <laughs> Quite hard <laughs> to tell them to apart. Yeah. Now here we go. Bobby Roode saying to the fans, this is what happens. Oh! oh, gets caught with a knee to the face and again another one of his teeth comes out. No! Roderick Strong with a running knee. No! Oh, no! Face first to the canvas. Come on, Roderick Strong, finish him. Oh! Turns him inside out with the knees to the back. Oh, Roode though. No! One, two, two. three. Yeah, he's found the ropes. No! No! We haven't got... No! Oh, no. The referee didn't see Rude's foot underneath the ropes, but he saw it afterwards. Look. Let's continue. Roderick Strong there. He's hugging his wife. I'm not sure he, f- he knows the ref's decision has been reversed. Oh, come on. It, 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 it's the pinch that even counted. The, the leg was, was outside of the ring as well. That's a free count. It didn't count. Come on. The match is still ongoing. Come on, Bobby. Go to hug your wife. Come on. Rude would have kicked out anyway if yeah. the referee had done his job right. Oh, that's it. Bobby Rude attacking the man from behind. Brilliant. Go right into the barricade, right next to his wife. There you go, Strong, trying to fucking celebrate. 
You've got to beat the man first. Boom! Glorious DDT to the outside, but I think that's hurt Bobby Roode's back as much as it hurt Roderick Strong. Well, we know how thin those mats are. Bobby Roode's selling of that showed just how precarious the mats and the concrete is. As he looks on now, he's smirking. At no, Roderick... he's not. He's just got a grin on his face. <laughs> at Roderick Strong's wife, throws him in. Couldn't act like that. Roderick Strong, now you're in trouble. Bobby Roode, third glorious DDT. Done and dusted. Going for the pin. One, two, three. My man, Bobby Roode, defends his NXT champion and remains undefeated here. There is no one that can challenge Bobby Roode. Well done, the glorious one. Dan, what did you think of the match? Well, if the referee had done his job in the f- properly in the first place, he's free. Therefore, Bobby Roode would have stayed in the ring, stayed on the match, and would have finished Bobby Roode off for sure. Well, don't call me for sure, but there's only one end to this, and that is Bobby Roode walking out NXT champion. There is no one left for him to face in NXT. He's done it all, beating all the worthy challenges, Roderick Strong, Itami, I mean, Nakamura. Bobby Roode must go down now as the greatest NXT champion in history, Dan. Uh, well, second only to Bo Dallas. With those controversial comments, we are going to leave NXT now. I, I thought it was quite a good match, to be fair. If we take out my Bobby Roode love, uh, I, I thought it told a good story, didn't it? With a leg coming into play. Uh, Strong did have Roode beaten twice. He made an excellent point of falling outside the ring as well inside the ring. And also with a foot underneath the ropes. But I do think that's Roderick Strong now as a main event in NXT. Maybe not going to happen. I don't know what you feel about that. No, you know, it's it, well, it's certainly finished in controversial fashion. And if Roderick Strong does get a rematch, it would certainly be legitimate. Because, you know, if the ref hadn't have fucked up, it could have gone a different way. Yeah, but, but Bobby Roode did show yeah, <laughs> his real nasty side there. DDTing Strong right in front of his wife before finishing it off in the ring. But what have you thought of NXT these past three weeks? We've seen a couple of uh, big title defences, Dan. What are your thoughts? I think it's been great. Uh, you know, I think the standout match has got to be the last woman standing match. Oscar and uh, Nikki Cross. I think that's been one of the best NXT matches I've seen for a long, long while. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. And anybody who hasn't seen it, go back and watch it. Of course, like I say, we'll be back with our WNR update for August, the day of SummerSlam or the day of NXT TakeOver. We'll release it then. Of course, we've got the two live episodes coming up next month now for NXT TakeOver kickoff. They're called SummerSlam. Uh, but we were talking about earlier, Dan. What have we got coming up in a couple of weeks? <laughs> we have got the Randy Orton special or as James has titled it, the Orton Anthology, yeah. <laughs> which highlights my favourite moments or, you know, the best moments in Orton's career, featuring a top five RKO list, which is not to be missed. It isn't to be missed. We'll have two parts of that. Of course, next weekend, we're going to have... And Sorry, the show consisting of how many RKOs? I think over 20 RKOs. Yes, we can announce over 20 RKOs and the podcast alone. That's not including like build-up to matches <laughs> and you know that is actually in-match RKOs. Yes. That's how excited you are for it. Of course, next week we've got Great Balls of Fire uh, which would be a good pay-per-view. It's a, it's a lot of matches, Dan. I think it's going to be quite a long night about that. 
Yes, there's a fair few matches on the card and it should be a very interesting one. Yeah, you're not going to give anything away, are you? So I guess we'll just have to meet up live and uh, record it as we always do. That's something to look forward to, the prediction leagues and everything like this. It's going to be a big couple of months for all of us. Uh, but that's everything. Anything else about the WWE Network, NXT 205 Live, any other news that we said today, Dan? No, no you know, just keep up doing the <coughs> keep up with the good work from NXT. You know, it's 400 episodes in. And I think it's just getting better and better. Yeah, NXT has been better than 205 Live this month, I would say. Uh, but yeah, that is it. Don't forget to contact us. Let us know what you think of the latest WWE Network uh, content or anything else you want to speak to us about. We're on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review, or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms as well, the WNR podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, the WWE Network Review at Google+. Plus. Across YouTube as well. Subscribe to our channel, the WWE Network Review Podcast. Watch all our latest videos. The podcasts go up there. Same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got the live shows coming next month. Stitcher Radio and iTunes. You can download, subscribe, rate and review there. I have been James Rollins. And as always, I was joined by... Dan White. See you, everybody, for Great Balls of Fire. Bye. Bye. James, what have you been up to recently? Well, why do you ask me that, Dan? Because uh, before we go, I, I just want to say that I saw Tom Jones uh, yesterday in concert, Dan. Oh, did you? How did that go? Uh, that was good. Do you know something? I actually recorded a little something of uh, what he said. Do, do you want to listen to it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, let me play it quickly. <clears throat> oh, <coughs> oh, <clears throat> got a little girls in my team. <clears throat> oh, oh. Hello, Canterbury. Oh, I'm Tom Jones. <laughs> is it working? It is working, isn't it? I'm, I just like to say that I love the WNR podcast, and oh, it's not unusual, you know, but what new pussycat? And uh, what's another song? Oh, I think I better dance now. Oh, ah. So there's the clip, Dan. What did you think of that? Oh, that was brilliant. Unbelievable. I can't believe Tom Jones. I couldn't believe Tom Jones, That actually. was definitely Tom Jones as well. Oh, well no I'm... impersonations here whatsoever. No, no good impersonations here whatsoever, you know. No, that was an saying. awful impersonation. <laughs> I'm just saying. We never do anything.